Well, in this show, a recap of the long Christmas break. We'll do tweet-splaining with my tweets. Also, Jay Moore, always funny in studio news as well, and we'll do all that right after this. Hey, good news. We're doing round two of Comedy Fantasy Camp. I'll be there. Jay Leno's coming back. John Lovitz, Caroline Ray, Trevor Wallace, and many, many more. February 29 through March the 3rd. And this time, we're all getting down at the world-famous Comedy Store. This will sell out as the last one did. Get your tickets now. Go to ComedyFantasyCamp.com for more information or give them a call. 888-762-2263. Join Adam Carolla and Jay Leno for Comedy Fantasy Camp Part 2. Call 888-762-2263. 888-762-2263. Or visit ComedyFantasyCamp.com. Hold on to your jingle bells. Pluto TV has all your holiday favorites for free. Enjoy Christmas classics like Scrooge with Bill Murray or Last Holiday with Queen Latifah. Plus, dive into festive channels like holiday movie favorites by Lifetime or Hallmark Movies and more. Download the Pluto TV app on all your favorite devices and start streaming holiday favorites on live channels and on demand. With thousands of free movies and TV shows, Pluto TV is your home for the holidays. Pluto TV. Stream now. Pay never. Corolla One Studios in Glendale, California. This is the Adam Corolla Show. Adam's guest today, Jay Moore. Plus a round of tweet splaining, and we'll do the news and trending topics with Chris Loxamana. And now, he didn't watch the ball drop because he spent his whole childhood watching his parents drop the ball. Adam Corolla. Yeah, get it on. Got to get it on. No choice but get it on your mandate. You get it on. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for telling a friend as we roll into year 15 of this show. My, my longest running job. My fantasy job. So thanks, you guys, for uh, making that all Here's the 15 possible. more. Here's the 15 more. All right. So we're back from the break. Lots of stories. Lots of travel. Ideas. I made notes. Uh, in no particular order, uh, went to some parties, went to Jimmy's big uh, Christmas party, always fantastic uh, because the food is out of this world and Jimmy's cooking lasagna the whole time. And, uh, yeah, he posts pictures of himself uh, and all the food he's cooked. Was- Adam Perry Lang, APL, converted his pizza oven into a cook, a fish cookery. He's making <laughs> fish. I mean, it... It's in the big, beautiful barn, state-of-the-art, bartender. I mean, it just it can't it just can't get better. The people are the best. Um, I had this weird uh, notion. So the deal is, every year they go, um, well, you can bring gifts for the kids, but we, we don't really need any gifts for adults. There's too many adults. You'd have to buy 50 gifts, you know. Um, but so don't bring any gifts for the adults, but bring the gifts. Uh, you can bring some gifts to the kids if you want, and then you should donate to the children's hospital, which is always, uh, means you've arrived. You know what I mean? (laughs) When you're just telling people, save the booze, save the, save the gift basket, donate to the children's hospital. So that's what it was. But I had this notion and I don't know why I just woke up, but, um, I told you guys several months ago that I went out sort of like 
John Travolta in Pulp Fiction. I was like, I want to know what a $150 bathrobe feels like. Like he wanted to know what a $5 malt tasted like in Pulp Fiction. <laughs> and I felt that same way about bathrobes. Of course. And, you know, my edict in life is I spend a lot of money on other people. I have an expensive lifestyle. There's, it's not, there's nowhere close to frugal. But when it kind of comes to myself, I fly Southwest. I got a duffel bag I got from Santa Anita seven years ago. That's my luggage. I don't have a, a, a cool watch. You know, I just, I, I just don't, I'll spend it on a car or something or a warehouse or something, but I, I won't spend it on the little stuff. Right. You know, and can't confirm. I've seen the bathrobe, you'll use it every single day. It'll be the best money you've ever spent. I get, you know, I don't get people buy super expensive jewelry and then never wear it because it's too expensive or or something like that. I don't I don't really get that. But the the bathrobe. So I did there's a place in Malibu called Barefoot Dreams, and they just have the most expensive, softest, greatest bathrobes ever. And I got one for myself like four months ago, and I'm in love with it. And I was laying around one morning, and I just thought, um, Jimmy's mom, uh, Joan, I love this woman. Now, it's comical that my parents are my parents and Jimmy's parents are Jimmy's parents, because Jimmy's parents are lovely, supportive, attend, you know, I would say Jimmy's parents attended three quarters of the tapings of the man show when they lived in Arizona. And my parents who live in LA, who live in the San Fernando Valley, which is six miles from where we taped the man show has never been to the man show. That's just the, you couldn't get a greater contrasting in parenting they're still together after, you know, 55 years. They love the shit out of each other. Uh, Jimmy's dad's a, a, a little more quiet, although he's not quiet. He's just the mom. is She's the driving force. Sure. And she's wonderful. She's hugging, and she's always, you know, she'll just do stuff all the time while she'll go like, you write books, you do podcasts, you do stand-up shows. You have to feel good about yourself, right? And I go, eh, I don't know, I'm all right. And she goes, no, but you have to feel good about yourself, the movies you make and everything. And I go, all right, now I feel better about myself. So anyway, I just was laying in bed, and I was like, Joan Kimmel needs one of those bathrobes. I bet she doesn't have a killer bathrobe. She needs one of these bathrobes. So... I then walked into the party with a few toys for the kids and Joan's bathrobe. And uh, I went I went in, I saw Jimmy, I said, hi. I said, where's your mom? She said, she's in the kitchen. She's in the other part of the structure working on pasta or something. I said, I'm going in there. I went in there and I said, uh, Joan, I got you a bathrobe. And she's like, oh my God. Oh, so I've never got her a gift. I don't think I've ever gotten her. Maybe I got her a bottle of wine or something. Uh, but I didn't get anyone else a gift. And then um, I presented her with the bathrobe. This is right when I got there at the party. This is right. 6.30 at night. Uh, I said, Joan, you got to feel this bathrobe. She goes, oh, my God, it feels so great. I go, try it on. Put see it if it on. fits. Yeah. See if it fits. Puts the bathrobe on. Wore the bathrobe the entire evening. The entire oh, did not take it off. I'm not exaggerating. This is well before dinner was served. The, the thing went on till 11 at night. Joan put the bathrobe on. She put it over her outfit. 
and she just wore it for the entire goddamn party. I'm pretty sure this means you're symbolically adopted. She announced that uh, she'd like me to deliver her eulogy over Jimmy. (laughs) (laughs) Announced. Because I said, right, because, you know, uh, no matter how great your mom is, there's always a little baggage, you know. Right. And uh, no baggage with me. I I met her when I was an adult. Only good thoughts about about Joan. That's really sweet on both of your parts. Then we decided that she was going to be turning 80 soon enough and that she wanted to be around for her eulogy. So with Jimmy's permission, I think we decided that maybe I would deliver it for her 80th birthday. (laughs) But she's there wearing the bathrobe the entire time. Then... um, I run into uh, APL, Adam Perry Lang, and I say, uh, Adam, who sent me for Father's Day, you know, I'm friends with Adam Perry Lang, but I shouldn't be on his Father's Day mailing list. He sent me two massive tomahawk stick, bone in, you know, 22 inches long, huge, two and a half inches thick, just Two huge, insane, massive tomahawk steaks. That's what Fred Flintstone yeah. drives around Fred, with. And by the way, when you're done, you could use it as a weapon. <laughs> like when you're done eating, you could ward off anybody coming at you with that bone. So I got two of them. Father's Day. So That's too much meat for you. Do you too much know how meat to cook? <laughs> I, have no, I have no idea what to do with it. So I just put it in the freezer. And now I have these huge frozen... I mean, you know, I'm accurate. These, these things are three inches thick, and they're on this 22-inch bone, and there's just a pound, you know, four pounds of meat on each one, and they're just in the freezer. So I say to uh, Adam, I go, look, uh, for Christmas, going to have uh, family members come to the house, and I want to cook these tomahawk steaks. Can you, can you walk me through it? And he says, uh, yeah. So he sends me a, you know, five page long t- text about what to do. Uh, first things, for, you know, thaw them out. Okay. Yeah. Uh, then uh, rub them down with ballpark mustard. Oh. Didn't know. Didn't know it was a thing. Ran into Jake at Garagus's house, his chef's son, who's doing a, a crazy ribeye. No, he was doing a, a crazy prime rib, smoker, whatever. He's a great chef. Confirmed uh, that, the, that the mustard was a thing. Well, that's animal style, right? In-N-Out, that's the uh, mustard-grilled he, patty. He said, Jake said, when you go to In-N-Out, do, do the animal. Do the yeah. mustard. Do the mustard patty. And I said, how does that even work? He's like, I don't know, but it works. I'm in. I'm, I, I said, well, I like look, this. if Jake and APL are saying rub it down with mustard, rub it I'm down with mustard. ballpark mustard over like some fancy Dijon or whole grain. Well, thing. Jake said he goes with the Dijon, wow. but APL's keeping it real. He said yellow ballpark mustard. He said uh, rub them down, slather the shit out My of mouth them. mouth is water. So I slathered the shit out of them, which was, uh, I must say, a, a slightly gross if you really think about it because these things were oozing blood, you know, <laughs> but I meat, washed yeah. the whole I, bone and everything ballpark it. Uh, <laughs> then, uh, aggressive salt and pepper. Okay. And then onto a cookie sheet and into the mm. oven at 275 until the temp gets to 120. Oh, you, you don't sear it first. No. Okay. In the 
oven at 275, lowish heat, and it's got to get up to 120, Which, but, but I don't know what the time is. So every 10 minutes, I'm going by and shoving the meat thermometer okay. in there and uh, eventually get it up to... Um, Get it up to 120, take it out, take uh, basically three or four sticks of butter, melt them down, yeah. take six whole big cloves of garlic, mash it in there, and then take uh, a rosemary sprig mm-hmm. and uh, slather the whole thing down. Then uh, take the grill, fire up the grill, get one side of it real hot, throw it on the one I side, know. let it sear in the grill you know, searing the grill, then put it on the cool side and it's flames and, and everything else and then slather more of the butter. Is the butter hot? Are you basting it with the butter? Um, no, not when it's on the grill. You you do up one side, you put that side down, you put it onto the cool side, you do up the other side, you put that side down. The only problem was uh, my sister was helping me and she was doing what chicks do, you know, like, well, 120, I usually go 125. I go, this Adam Perry line told me what to do. Yeah. She's His like, word is gospel right it's now. It's just like, I, you know, I usually do one. Tw- I go, let, that, I was How many restaurants do you own? I was, this is the beauty of women, right? I'm like, APL said, and there was some guy, some boyfriend of somebody, a 45-year-old guy. It was like walking through the kitchen or something while I was getting into it. My sister, I just turned to the guy. I said, you're a foodie, right? He goes, yeah. I go, you know Adam Perry Lang? He goes, oh, yeah, that guy's a genius. I go, okay. He has heard of this person that cooks. <laughs> like, if you've heard, that's what I say about golfers. Like, is this guy a good golfer? I go, have you heard of him? Yeah. yeah. Or NASCAR drivers. Have you heard of Then he's good. Because you can only name six golfers and six NASCAR Just the top drivers. The and, like, I only couldn't name more than six chefs. But this rando guy at the party <laughs> knew he was. So I was like, eh, back out to the grill. Got the grill fired up, did the whole thing, uh, put it in the grill until it gets to 140 on the grill. Nothing about time, everything about temperature. Once it gets seared on both sides and the grill marks get put in, um, then you slather with the butter and the garlic and rosemary, a little more salt and pepper, whatever. Fucking fantastic. You let it rest? You let it rest. Uh, at some point, you let it rest long enough where Mike August comes in <laughs> and takes, like, literally one full chop over to his table. You know, like <laughs> Mike swooped in because, you know, there was the pork roast and the chicken and the stuff like that. But everyone went straight to the fucking tomahawk. Like, that's how you know we're animals first. There is no. And when people plan parties all the time, they always go like, well, what about some vegan offering or what about? It's like they're all going right for the tomahawk. That's. You should worry about why there's not a third tomahawk, not about the vegan offering or the veggie lasagna or whatever. They just, that's fine, but everyone's moving on that tomahawk fast. So came out spectacular, uh, amazing. And it was kind of fun to like do the project. Like I kept looking at my phone. I texted APL a couple times, you know, nicest guy in the world. It's like, I'll, I'll walk you right through this. Also, the tomahawk that was formerly frozen from Father's Day, I would say came out, and this is no disrespect, it's probably a tip of the cap. That tomahawk that I presented 
was every bit as good as what Adam Perry Lang presents because Adam Perry Lang walked me through the entire process. I adhered to it vigorously and you got his design plans and you yeah, got build but, what but built. What I'm saying is, is I know everyone goes, oh, I saw something on the internet or I have a, my neighbor Norma told me she used to work at Sizzle. Fuck Norma. everyone. Yeah. Find an expert. Listen to the expert. Don't put your own stink on it. I didn't deviate or, or no variation. Boom. I, went, I did exactly what he told me to do. All temp, no you know, fire was coming out. I was like, "Is it burning?" I, I, it's burning. It's like stuck, stuck to the temp, stuck to the plan. Fucking killer. Yeah, that's it. Everyone, people have certain fields of expertise. Like when I used to build, I would argue with people all the time. I want to do it this way. I, just, just listen to the fucking experts. All right, not Fauci, but when it comes to grilling. Listen to the experts. Right. Came out perfectly. Oh, I love it. How do you feel when he, uh, when you send him your cranberry sauce recipe? <laughs> I didn't want to insult the man. So um, that was uh, that was funny. Then I – or interesting. Then I, I also realized that um, – and then but between APL's um, tomahawks and uh, Jake Garrigus's brisket – or prime Ooh. prime rib that was smoked and then put onto the the barbecue. It's it's too much. It's yeah. an embarrassment of riches. How, um, do you, how do you cook your steak? Just real quick. I you know the, the, it's always. I mean, according to APL, it's just like a lot of butter, a lot of garlic. I mean, what temperature? Maybe Medium some olive rare. oil. I, honestly, Medium. the problem with the huge chunks of meat to me and the prime rib is it comes out a little too rare for me. I end up fighting with it a little. I like the part toward the edges that are ends. They're a little better done. I'm so hungry now. No, I know. It was so good. Then um then dessert. And and I realized this is a this is a first world problem, but it's like like an issue. So, I went over at some point end up over at uh, Danny Two Sheets house later on in the week. I got Sal and Simmons there. We're having a good time. And at some point I'm leaving and Daniel hands me a whole apple pie and says, take the apple pie. And I say, you know, that's all I've been doing is eating dessert. You know, I just, I don't want to have that thing around. Come on, take it. I don't want it around either. We get into a small argument. Eventually he just hands me the apple pie and I just take it with me uh, in the Uber. Uh, and then at some point I bring the apple pie back and Sonny's there watching football with like five of his high school buddies. And I'm like, we're going to eat apple pie. You guys are eating apple pie. This is at night. And they go, yeah, we're good. What? And I'm like, what? What the fuck? And then I realized I spent my entire childhood hustling and arguing for dessert. You know, like if there were two pieces of pie, you know, a pecan and an apple, the Corollas would have been, no, they're just not, you can't have, don't have both. There's 10 people here. Everyone wants to get their piece of pie first, you know, or if there's a thing of cookies and you start grabbing a handful of them, they would have been, the Corollas would be like, don't take the cookies, take one cookie, yeah. one cookie. <laughs> I mean, it was a constant meeting out of desserts, you know, when my mom would throw a thing, which she rarely did, or my grandmother would throw a thing. It was always you were assigned that you had to go to Dupar's and you had to buy the pie and you had to mule the pie to their house. And the, and it was like, 
it was a constant battle over there's not enough. I want more. Mm-hmm. Now, what a gift you've betrothed upon uh, these these kids who are I, I mean teenage boys are always hungry. Now I, every time I leave a party, someone's handing me a pie, going take it, and I go I don't want to take it because <laughs> I'll go home and I'll eat it and yeah. I'll just get fat. And they go well I'm gonna get fat and you take it, and it's like weird I spent my youth like a like a raccoon in a dumpster like scraping for pie and dessert and now it's like defending your life where he's at the restaurant and they keep bringing him more and more food and he's like i don't want it i i don't i'm like albert brooks oh you're taking the pie home with you you get all the linguine you want he's like i don't want it I don't know what the middle would have been, but I'm now at the far end of the trying to shun dessert that's being pushed at me now versus scraping and clawing for every calorie when I was 10. And so my, I stood there in my kitchen. It was, uh, it was Monday night after the, the, during the bowl games and Sonny's there with his five buddies, and they're all 17, and I got this apple pie. It's 7 o'clock at night. No, it's it's 8.30 at night. And I go, who's having some apple pie? Because, A, I don't want to eat it, and then, B, I don't want to throw it away. I don't want to sit in the fridge. I could not think of a more perfect situation to get rid of apple pie. Gee, I know. <laughs> it was like a mitzvah. And... And my kids, their relationship with dessert is a fucking whole pie can just sit in the refrigerator for days on end and they will not touch it, which is insane to me. So they all gathered around the kitchen. I said, who's getting this goddamn apple pie? And they all kind of looked down and went, we're good. Okay. First off, if if that was me in high school with like Ray and Chris and my buddies, a fist fight would have broke out over who got most of the pie. And then Ray would have immediately rushed the pie and spit on it. Right. That was his move. He would any free offering, he would blow a snot rocket on it so he that's, could that's claim his... it in the name of Spain. That was now his pie because he spat on Absolutely. it. Absolutely. That's a move. So I got five teenage boys all kind of going, eh, we're good. I said, boys, let me tell you a story. (laughs) When I was Sonny's age, and I mean exactly Sonny's age, just about this time, same senior in high school, just like you guys are, same, same age, same time. When I was your ages, we had a pie eating contest at the quad at noon for lunch for entertainment for the school. I entered it. I did not eat the pie. I licked the pie. I nibbled the crust, but I did not eat the pie. It was an apple pie, just like this pie. And when the pie eating contest was done, when everyone else had pie under their eyelids and in their ears from shoving their face into this pie, I announced I'm now taking my pie home and I'm going to eat my pie at home with a jug of milk. And my, I have a pass. I lived a half a block from school, so I had to go home for lunch pass, and there's still 15 minutes left in lunch, and I'm going to hustle this pie home, and I'm going to eat it with a jug of milk alone in my house. (laughs) And uh, when I announced that to the crowd, the partisan crowd, because I was a fan favorite, Mrs. Tani, who'd had enough of me by then, I was a senior 
she had enough about the whole powder puff football debacle and all the stuff I was involved with. And she'd had it up the fucking here with me by my senior year. And Mrs. Tani looked at me and she said, you throw that pie away because she didn't like me gaming the system. She goes, you're not going to take that pie home. You're throwing that pie away. And I said to the crowd, Mrs. Mrs. Tani wants me to throw this pie away. There's a perfectly good pie. There's hungry kids all over the world. And she wants me to dump this pie into this trash can. And the entire crowd started booing yeah. Miss Tiny. They got Rightfully over, so. They got riled up. Like, come on. They start screaming at oh. Mrs. Tiny. Miss Tiny was a nice Asian woman. And she was like looking around over her shoulder. The crowd was getting aggressive and yelling at her. You know? And she was like. Oh, fuming. Uh, yeah. and so she said to me, she goes, you can take the pie, but not the tin. <laughs> we yeah, got a tin must stay. Well, if you got your pies from four and twenty pies, once you gave them ten tins, you could get a free pie. So there was some logic there. Oh, they wanted their tins back. So she goes, "Well, not the tin." And I was like, "All right." And I slid the, the pie, the apple pie, from the tin into both of my hands, and I cradled it like a newborn, uh, a naked pie. And I then proceeded to walk all the way through Kennedy Hall and out the front door and down Hartsook Street. And I just walked this dripping pie home to my house. I don't know how I got in the door without putting the pie down. Some elbow work. Got in, sat down, and just demolished this pie. And I said, boys, when I was your age, that was my relationship with apple pie. And they all (laughs) like looked down and they went, all right, we'll have some. And I said, good. (laughs) <laughs> and that the pie was distributed evenly amongst yeah. the boys. You're like you're like Bruce Springsteen before the song plays. You gotta mm-hmm. let them. You gotta explain the story it. about the old the story. The pie mill shut down. Yeah. A lot of people out of work. So invested. But I just thought, Jesus Christ! I I I went from clawing to get my hands on pies to begging other people to eat the pie, who have no desperate relationship with dessert like we had. We had a desperate relationship with dessert, which meant, well, where's my pie? These guys, they don't have it up in their head. Like, 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 you know, like an Amish guy would have with porn or something. Like they've created a bizarre, such a weird energy was created around all this because there was a lack of, and it was constantly, you can't eat that. And it's too much. And we can't afford. And it made me go like, I want my, I want my pie. So that was my uh, pie related story. But it, it, it had a good, it did, had a good yeah. ending. You had to earn it. The uh, went to uh, New York, went and saw a Nick, not a Knicks game, a Nets game. There shouldn't be the Knicks and the Nets, should well, there? In the Nets' defense, they were in New Jersey before, but um, Knicks, Nets, and Jets—they're too close. They are too close. Too close. Confusing. So uh, went there. Was planning on just taking Sunny. I saw the picture you tweeted. Right, like courtside, sitting on the court. Yeah, Uh, it was uh, me and uh, French Montana. Those were the uh, those are the big celebs. Yeah. Wait. So how did how did this come about? Um, I wanted to go. I thought it'd be a good idea to take Sonny to for like a Christmas gift to a, a Nets game, and um. And also, like I don't, I don't go to many sporting events, but I thought eh, let's go to the Barclay Center and see what it's like. It's mm-hmm. kind of cool. It's a half hour, 
basically out of midtown Manhattan and um, went there and oh, got hold of the publicist for the Nets and whatever. I, I wasn't expecting much, but she got us right down onto the court. Sitting on the court was great. And, you know, I think people's ideal is they go on the floor, half court. But half court, you just watch people run past you. You're watching you. everyone's backs. You're watching everyone's back sure. as they run past yeah. you. Uh, we were under the basket in the corner. Uh, we're just right literally in the corner on the floor. Great so seats. you'd watch, you know, if, if a guy would set up for a three, he was only about four or five feet away if he was going for the corner. Also, you know, dunks and talking and, you know, that's what I want. going the, at the rim and everything. The talking. So I've uh, never sat close enough to where I can hear the players talk, but that is the one thing I want to do the most, like, in a game. Like, I don't care how far I'm seating if, like, I can get the, their audio feed in my ears or something because I just want to hear what they're saying to each other, what they're saying to the refs, what they're yelling at each other, the trash talk. That's what I want. But they're so protective of their players that they, yes. won't, they won't ever air it. They were doing a little bit of talking, but not like a whole lot. Giannis was uh, playing on the Bucks the and German. I mean, that's German. The Greek player. The Greek player, <laughs> which I had to remind Sonny of. Like, I'm like, don't you remember five years ago? You're telling me your favorite player, and this was before or right when Giannis got to the league, and I kept saying, he kept saying, the guy can jump out of the arena, and he's got this long wingspan, and he's dunking everywhere, and I was like. Black guy? He's like, Greek. <laughs> but but black, right? This is Greek. He's Greek. Right. Which That's when I realized racism was over. He didn't even, he was like 10 and didn't even look at him as black. He looked at him as Greek, which which he is, which we, we should. But so Giannis was there. I was close for three quarters. We got to go to like the captain's club and eat dinner at the mm-hmm. beginning. And I, and I had a... Uh, I did have a little misfortune, which is you get there an hour early, you go to this beautiful restaurant room, kind of a set menu, and um, you sit there and you eat for an hour, and then your liaison walks you down to your seats on the court, right? I have no idea how I'm going to feel bad for you after this <laughs> in this story. So I'm I'm sitting there, and I don't exactly know how the lay of the land works with the restaurant. They have, you can get a steak, you can get a pasta, there's like some sides, but there's no prices by them. And we get this waiter, kind of a fun guy, dude, kind of dude, dude. And he was kind of fun. I don't know if he probably recognized me, maybe he did, because we're in the restaurant. Everyone there's kind of sort of sure some, they got to be somebody. Yeah. And yeah, maybe they're brief. So Sonny and I eat all our food and uh, then the check comes. But the check doesn't have any of the food on it because it's all free. But we ate, you know, what would have been 150 bucks worth of food, but there's no charge. There's a charge for one martini and one glass of wine. Uh, I did them both. And so... The bill is like $47 or something. And I'm just sitting there and I go, oh, yeah, okay, here we go, 47 uh, Let's make the tip. Yeah, let's just go to the $10. We'll go a little over 20% here on the tip. And then I just Uh, – and then I just – we just left. And then uh, the following morning, about 5.30 in the morning, I just woke up. And I was like, (laughs) oh, 
Because, all right, it's my fault, but you get a bill and you like tip on the bill. Right. And I was just, and by the way, that's all I've been doing the whole Christmas break is getting bills and tipping on the bill, tip on the bill. I just tipped on the bill. And then I woke up at five in the morning. I was like, oh, that guy thinks I'm the fucking yeah. biggest douche in the world. Oh, I think I in a his $10 defense, tip. He, he probably gets it a lot, but he should alert you. He should make it easy on you. Maybe put the original bill and say, look, this was comped off. Or are those receipts that have the percentage and the amount you're supposed to leave off the original I, check? I, uh, the following morning, I... F- found the publicist lady and like I gotta find I, I, <laughs> wow, I you really did feel bad. I remember the guy's name, but I checked with Sonny first. Like this was his name, right? Oh no, I didn't say that. I said, by the way, never do that. I just called Sonny and I went, our waiter, what was his name? And he's yeah. like, I think his name was Russ. And I'm like, yes, that was yeah, his name. And then I Perfect. got hold of them and then I told him find this guy and you know give him give him a hundred bucks or whatever. But it did. It did. It did fuck with me. I, I will say. So at least I got that going for me. Although I should have figured it out um, in advance. The other thing, and I'm curious where you guys are at, but traveling with a group, kids. My daughter has her friend. Everyone but me has the big hard shell suitcase. The hard shell suitcase. I'm telling you it's a scourge. Not it a is fan. A, it is a goddamn scourge. First off, there's no overhead in the land bin it'll it'll fit in. Everyone's doing it now. And my my daughter's got this thing that's three foot by three foot. I mean, it is a giant yurtle the turtle. And at some point when the car picks you up to take all these people and their luggage to JFK from Midtown Manhattan, that hatches up. Everyone's got their hard shell shoved in there. Shit ain't fitting. I'm having to pull zero everything flex. out. Yeah. And zero flex. You need the duffel bag. You got to have flex. You yeah. got to have flex. At some point, my daughter's hard shell gets so overfilled that the zipper busts on it and leaves this 10-inch opening, in which case you cannot check it. You have to go to the luggage wrapping station. Do you guys know about this? I've never heard of this. I've never heard about it. You got to go pay 30 bucks to go to a guy in the airport who looks like, if you ever see like what a tire balancing machine looks like, or mounting and balancing, it's like the size of that. <laughs> they set your thing on this gimbal. And then they take this blue cellophane uh, out yeah. and they just wrap yeah. it. It just that spins around. Yeah. That's like when you see a spider catches a moth and they start spinning <laughs> yeah. it and just shooting the web. They spin it and it's like 30 bucks. I'm like, well, that took 18 seconds and four cents of materials. But yeah. okay, well, wh- what are we going to do? We can't, we can't check. The hard shell. Zipper. Now I get, I'm guessing people like the hard shell because they don't want the wrinkles. But I'm saying deal with that shit at your destination. Most rooms will come with an ironing board or an iron or a steamer or send it out or something. You're traveling around with that hard ass shell, very limiting, and there's no jamming anything in the back of the SUV. It's either making it or it it ain't. Right. It ain't making it. Yes. It's it's amazing how much women can fill a suitcase. It's like, insane. Like how much stuff they bring. 
It's insane. I'm watching them trying to stuff these bags into the overhead compartment, and at least every flight, there's at least two two girls are just they're just like it's not going to fit. Please let us check this thing. <laughs> All right, we got uh, some tweet splaining to do. You've got right. uh, some of my tweets. Wait, so you were in New York though? Was, was that for you? Didn't stay for New Year's. No, no. Just it was really Natalia wanted to go, and so we're like, did the touristy stuff. I saw like some Christmas looking at the Rockefeller Center. Yeah, she just wanted to go take pictures in front of in front of everything. Ended up walking for uh, a million miles, which is which is uh, always always fun. So good for you. Yeah, Yeah. it's good. It was we had a good time. Went to the went to the game. Went out to did did a show at the stand, and. you know, kids are old enough; they can kind of run around, do their own stuff now. Oh, you let them just go off? Yeah, yeah. Son, Sonny's, you know, lone wolf McRae. He's just like, I'm walking. They're like, yeah. you want to go out oh, to lunch or something? Like, I'm just walking. I'm walking. Perfect place to do it. I'll just walk. Oh. Yeah, we just. All, Sonny just puts his earbuds in and starts walking, and that'll be the last you see of him. <laughs> He'll be back. He'll be back at the end. Yeah. Of the the other the other treat was is watching the news. The day before we're going back, it, uh, the news is Palestinian protesters are going to shut down JFK and they're going to shut down LAX. And yep. I'm like, perfect. Those are the, my two fucking airports I need to go to in the next 12 hours. This is going to thank you, you Palestinian protesters, you fucking douche nozzles. Was that the one where they tried to like send the balloon off? They did that one, I think, a couple days later. Yeah. They were just going to block the roadways. Block the road. You want to talk about winning over the hearts and minds of Americans? Block the fucking roadways so they can't get to the goddamn airport during the holidays, you fucking retards. Right. Uh, we need my paintball. We, we need we, paintball. Paintball. And I'm talking truck-mounted paintball gun. Oh, like we're talking real artillery. I'm here. talking American Gladiator size. <laughs> In fact, let's have the American Gladiators do it, too. Let's have the American red, white, and blue suspenders, you know, into a Speedo, muscles bulging. Cyclone. Back of a Toyota flatbed truck, just truck bed mounted. (laughs) And uh, here comes Zeus and uh, Chieftain Warrior, all dressed up in red, white, and blue, all with the fucking... All with the big truck mount gun, just boom, 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 boom. Scatter, you fucking American-hating pieces of shit. Scatter to the wind. Yeah, it would work. Because I was watching the uh, a few of the New York New Year's Eve broadcasts. I watched the CNN one, the Dick Clark. There was one in Nashville that they did. did you watch any of those for New Year's Eve? Nah, I ended up uh, over at uh, Danny Two Sheets' house, and uh, me and um, and. Uh, Kellison and Simmons and uh, Sal, who we don't really, we don't all get in the same room enough. And I forget, you know, Sal and Simmons and those guys. It's always like we're having such a great conversation that we just kind of got into it. And then right. Daniel's side, we everyone needed shots. And I don't oh, remember much perfect. after that. Oh, yeah. Good, good, mm-hmm. good. Yeah, because I, I was watching, they were like interviewing some of the people out there. They're, the The people who go to Times Square for New Year's Eve, like they get there at, 10 a.m. and they just stay there and it looks miserable absolutely miserable i completely agree if any of our listeners have been there and do that uh tweet us or call us 
I want to hear about it because I don't know some why. Them, I need to know why. Some of them, this makes it really bad, but some of them wear depends. Yeah. They, oh, so yeah. they can, they can pee their pants. Yeah. I don't, yeah. That just sounds miserable to me. You're right. All right. We got an intro. Here's the tweets he liked. He didn't reply because he cannot type. Here's the tweets he liked. Send him by you to piss him off all day and all night. Here's the tweets he likes. All right. So we usually do tweet explaining with a guest, but uh, during the break, you were very active on Twitter. Well, because I found myself sitting around airport lounges and airplanes, and any time I got sitting around and nothing to do, I can't go anywhere. Yeah, that's when on. you'll get them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So we'll put them up, and we'll just uh, we'll have you explain yourself. Mm-hmm. All right. So uh, this one is uh, back in the day. Or well, Doss, you want to read it? Well, we uh, they're always inspired by somebody tweeting me something. Right. I, I, I don't usually just uh, whole cloth go, I want to talk this, about hydration. Right. You quoted this. So. Right. Back in the day, we drank no water and were thin. Now we have to drink 19 glasses a day for weight control and everyone is fat. File this under Purell and every kid has an allergy. Yeah. So the reason I try to drill down on shit like this is not because I care that much about personal hydration. What I care about is weird trends and getting everybody to buy into them simultaneously as if they're experts and then foist it upon America. That's the dangerous part of this to me. How many, you know, how many women I've had conversations about, you got to drink more water. You're not drinking enough water. You know, every nutritionist says, you take your, take your weight, break it into ounces, That's how many ounces of water you need to drink. And all I do is I go, why should you drink water if you're not thirsty and why is everyone fat? Right. And yeah, this was in response to a video or a picture of a guy saying uh, one of the weirdest parts of modern life is how much water we drink. I know it's good for us, but my grandfather's generation drank basically zero water when compared to people now. Um, Yes. And it's also based on me playing 10 years of football and not getting water. And them thinking water was bad for you, and nobody ever had a problem with it, although we wanted water. And then me working construction in the summers in the San Fernando Valley. I didn't bring any water. No one had any water. It was like, you'd, you'd get a suck off the hose, but the hose tasted like hose water. You just did it because you had cotton mouth, you know, just to rinse, rinse it out. But no, there was no water c- consumed at all, and now we're all getting... But... Does, <laughs> Is there any connection, is what I'm saying, between the water business being a $200 billion a year business and us being hit over the head with having to drink more water? What I'm saying is, is how much money did Big Pharma make from COVID vaccinations? Now, they can't do it alone. They have to enlist an army of yentas to beat us over the shit over the head to get vaccinated and drink a ton of water. Right. But then it works. But I don't, this is a scary trend to me. You have some business that's going to profit from this. You then turn it into some sort of health related thing. And then you weaponize all the dumb people. And then they come at the old people who know there's no benefit from it and shame them until they do it. That's what I'm responding to. All right, let's do a, let's do another tweet here. Uh, I told you guys, 
Many bike gangs are the beginning of the end for a city. It's more than symbolic. It means no respect for law enforcement. And this that you quoted uh, Ian Ziering's attack on in Hollywood when he was uh, fighting a few <laughs> mini bikers. It's he on was TMZ. A, he was attacked by mini a roving mini bike gang, which yeah. we can watch because it's funny. First off, they ride mini bikes and they're like young people, and they're basically white, so yeah. they can't fight. They're, they're, they can't fight. And there's like chicks and dumbos. So Ian Ziering's 59. And by the way, there's chicks and they're they're all horrible. Watch this kid tries a hook slide on Ian. Boom. Hits the ground. Yeah. Then tries the tries to raise a runic uppercut and misses. Then they gets thrown on the doing. ground again. That little puss got his now fucking he's, lunch he's handed to him. Ready for- he's trying to go after him and hit him with the, with the helmet. Okay. Yeah. These are mini bikes. All right. Now, I told you guys three years ago when I was in Chicago sitting at a beautiful restaurant eating outside, you know, because of COVID, because that's that's the way the virus works. Uh, I was watching the ATVs and the dirt bikes uh, go all, all up and down the street with impunity, right? And then I started telling you guys earlier in the year about the mini bike gangs that were just heading down. Just like the water, it's symbolic. It means they have no fear of the cops. That's what it means. And it's not in a bubble. It means we in general do not. Here's the problem in Los Angeles. There is no healthy fear of law enforcement whatsoever. That's why they go into the CVS pharmacy and just take everything off the shelves. And they're not running. They're walking when they do it. They don't care. When you have a society that does not have a fear of law enforcement and people go, well, why does it have to be fear? All right, call it respect. Whatever it is, then society starts to come unraveled. The mini bike gang is the, the symbolic non-respect and no fear. I was a kid. At some point, I got myself like a Honda Trail 50 or something. We wanted to ride it on the street, but it's like we would like fire it up on a Sunday, like look around, go down the street. But like small street, when we had to cross a big street, we'd stop it and like push it like like it was out of gas or something in case a cop was coming down the street. You know, like we had this huge fear of getting busted like constantly. This is on Hollywood and Highland. Hollywood and Highland is one of the most traveled and has the most cops mm-hmm. because it's right across the street from Jimmy's Theater. It's right on the Walk Walk of Fame. Very it's high wh- profile. It's where all the tourists go. Yeah, it's where occasionally Spider Man um, stabs, you know, Seashell Bob or something like that because they have all these impersonators and stuff. But there's tons of cops, and these guys are just taken. They're completely illegal mini bikes. No. Stoplights, no turn signals, no catalytic converters, no, no, nothing. Just not street worthy at all, and just heading on down the street. And when the guy from nine hundred two one zero pushes them in their Lexus, they then get out and attempt to have a Thunderdome st- style street fight in the middle of Hollywood Boulevard. Leave the mini bikes here. Let's get them. That is a complete 
complete lack of respect for law enforcement. You right. would never do that. We would we would have been scared. We'd been tackled and pepper sprayed and zip tied. You know, so that is a symbolic. Now you can say to yourself, well. What kind of city do you want to live in? And you do not need to check the schools. You don't need to check employment statistics or anything. You don't want a city where the youth thinks it's okay just to fire up the mini bike, the bull taco, and just head up and down the the busiest thoroughfare in the city with complete impunity. This is the beginning of the end. And by the way, when people say to me, oh, come on, oh, come on, come on. This didn't exist a year ago. Now, it existed a few years ago in Chicago because they're a little ahead of us in the fall apart department. Yeah. This symbolically means we're heading down. We're heading out. This, this, is, this is the beginning. Baltimore, 12 o'clock boys. Yeah. They made a documentary about it. Yes. What year? You got to look, Dawson. What year was 12 o'clock boys the doc, which I recommend highly. It's a great doc. It's about young inner city Baltimore black guys who, who, by the way, if these guys ever, 2013, if these guys ever had the kind of funding that the white man has, they would be kicking our asses on the motocross circuit. No <laughs> doubt about it. These are like nine year old guys doing full Popping wheelies, wheelies yeah. riding at 12 o'clock means straight up fucking 11 o'clock kid and his shirts off and it's midnight and he's just crossed up and he's wheeling all the way through Baltimore yeah. on this thing. There's, there's no doubt they would, they would destroy us on the motocross circuit. Um, so in Baltimore, it's 10 years old because they're Baltimore. They're ahead of us in the destruction department and they're ahead of Chicago, but we're catching right that now for us, it's a year old for Baltimore. It's over a decade old. There you go. So we're going to need nitro and hurricane to pull up right. some uh, pickup trucks. But it's not in the Carolinas, is what I'm yeah. saying, because they won't let themselves devolve. It's 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 de- we devolve into it. And there's a safety in numbers, right? Because you're not going to see a single mini biker doing this because they will get stopped. But it's also it's the same with the smash and grab looting and all right. that kind of stuff. So it's like yeah, 50 people go in, the cops can do nothing but watch. It, mm-hmm. It's it, it means. Society is coming undone. So there you go, Ally. We have it. And listen, yeah. like I said, you can talk about estate taxes or migrant undocumented workers. Uh, just focus on mini bikes. If you're in a town and you see roving gangs of mini bikes, it's time to move. What is mini bike culture anyway? Are these people who, who can't get motorcycles or don't want them? I mean, they look like go karts, the go kart version of a motorcycle. I think it's more Hispanic. I think it's sort of like, you know, the guys who have the Schwinn bicycle low riders and stuff. And then you just sit there and go, what the fuck? What are they doing with these stupid bikes with the bars are high? Can't be comfortable. Seats low and they're not going anywhere. It's a a culture. And I, I, I dare to say it's probably a little more Hispanic. I think it's kind of their, their thing. Right. Yeah. I saw the, uh. I don't know if it was them, but like uh, there was a video by the 605 mini bike gang. That's uh, that's <laughs> and that's and yeah, they, there's a 605 is what they get an hour at their shit jobs. <laughs> Jesus Christ, the biggest fucking losers oh, in no. the world. I'm a, especially when you see the guy with the full beard is like 51. He's yeah. got a mini bike. It's worth four hundred dollars. This is their thing. Oh, Jesus fucking Christ, idiots. 
keep it on the track. I don't know where you're supposed to ride a mini bike. <laughs> mini bikes aren't even fun to ride because they don't handle well. The front tire's got a is sort of flat. You know, yeah. it's not round. It's it's like it's flat on the top. So when you turn, it's kind of weird and herky jerky. The position is bad. Your balls are on fire. It's fucking. It's just to annoy people. That's all. It's it's a it's a f u to society. I'll stick to the bird scooter. That's right. All, All right. right, let's do. You want to do another one? One more. All right. Okay, so this is in response to California Pizza Hut franchises, where they announced layoffs of delivery drivers before the new twenty dollar minimum wage. Yeah, uh, and you said the gov never understands the private sector; always has a counter move. <laughs> yes, we. Well, California especially and Gavin Newsom and everybody here, we have this thing where we'll go like, just raise the minimum wage to 25%, $25 an hour, you know, and then, then the people. So here's the, here's the main disconnect. The government just makes decrees, but they don't have to live with their decree. So nobody who makes the decree of raising this or doing that or having a third aisle for the gender-confused kids at the Toys R Us, they don't live it. They decree it. They don't hang out in the aisle, and they don't pay to have the aisle made, and they don't pay to have the extra employees and the whatever. They don't—it never touches them. They just make the decree, and then they go home. Yeah. And they don't make minimum wage, and they don't know anyone who makes minimum wage. Their kids go to fucking Stanford, Brown, and Harvard. They're not in this group they make the decree for. So they make the decree, and then they go home. The businesses have to live with the decree. They need to snap into action because it is them who is now footing the bill for the extra toy aisle or the third bathroom for, for the fucking he she's or the $20 minimum wage when it should be $14 minimum. They got to start cutting checks. And here's the problem for the government. The problem with the government is these people work in the private sector. They don't have tenure like you assholes have. And they also have something called competition. So they're constantly working out. They're like a cage fighter who never breaks training camp. And you guys are fat, gluttonous, dumbass, man-titted pussies who sit around and talk a good fight. But you never get into the fucking cage. These guys live in the cage because Pizza Hut's got to do battle with Domino's, who has to do battle with McDonald's, who's got to do battle with Burger King. I mean, it's cutthroat. And they're constantly doing and they're their their knives are always sharp and they're always prepared. And also, you guys are guys who can't cut it in the private sector, so you're dumb. Mm -hmm. So you make a decree, and then immediately there's the counter move. All right? You want uh, the minimum wage needs to be 20, 20 bucks an hour? Good. Where's Flippy, the robot that flips the hamburger patties? Where's the kiosk up front so we don't have to pay the high schooler to stand there 20 bucks an hour? Oh, we're paying, we got three or four delivery guys at this Pizza Hut in Encino. You guys are all fired. Let people come and pick their own pizza up now. We're not going to pay you guys the 20 bucks. So the government decree doesn't get the people 20 bucks an hour. It means Flippy 
comes in place of a guy who got $13 an hour. It means a kiosk takes the place of the high schooler who was getting $13 an hour. And it means the delivery people are all shit can. Right. Thank you, government. But please realize these guys are smarter than you, and so they're always going to win because they have an imperative, and that's to make money. You guys have an imperative, which is spend other people's money, and you don't give a fuck. Just like no one would give a fuck if all you did was spend other people's money. They have to spend their own money, which keeps them sharp. Well, what do you think? Why do you think the, the governments decree this if there's so many consequences? Like, why do they make these decrees? Why do they, like, what's in it for them? One time, there's an interview, and it was with Barack Obama, and uh, I think Dawson can find it somewhere, but I'll, I'll paraphrase. Somebody said to him, look, it's been studied that when you lower taxes, especially for businesses, I don't know it was a corporate tax, something like the corporate tax, you know, when you lower the corporate tax from, you know, 23% to 19%, you end up getting more revenue because when you raise the corporate tax, people go offshore and then they also tend not to spend their money and develop and stuff like that because they're smarter than you. They're, they're a corporation. They have shareholders to deal with. So why are you raising the corporate tax if you, in fact, would a- actually get more money if you lowered the corporate tax? And he just went, because I like the way it looks to raise the corporate tax. Wow. Oh. That's what you're dealing with with these assholes. They get. You think Joe Biden is going to give anyone their student loan money back? No. He likes the way it looks for him to say, well, I tried. Uh, and Gavin Newsom likes the way it looks to say, I raised the. That's what they like. They don't. The bottom line part, that's. That's neither here nor there. They want to lower test scores so black and Hispanic kids can do better at math. Does that help black and Hispanic? Neither here nor there. They like the optics Optics, of all all of this. So that's where we're at. All right. Jay Moore's out there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. We'll take a quick break. Come back with the great Jay Moore right after this. Hey, it's Adam Carolla. And this is Dr. Drew. We are changing things up for the new year. And we want you to end the week with the two of us. That's right. Brand new episodes now on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday of each week. So sequentially, thank you and mahalo. Hold on to your jingle bells. Pluto TV has all your holiday favorites for free. Enjoy our season's greetings category with nine holiday channels, including holiday movie favorites by Lifetime, Festive Fireplace, Holiday Lights, and Hallmark Movies and more. Download the Pluto TV app on all your favorite devices and start streaming holiday favorites on live channels and on demand. With thousands of free movies and TV shows, Pluto TV is your home for the holidays. Pluto TV. Stream now. Pay never. As we venture into our 15th year of podcasting, here's another memorable moment from the Adam Carolla Show's Ace Awards archives. Normally, on Sandler movies, the critics are 14%, but the audience is in... (laughs) Adam, listen to me. You make those movies, Adam, and those movies are like single digits oftentimes. Uh, Sometimes they're lower than single digits. It's zero digits. Sometimes you owe from the last movie. Oh, shut up! (laughs) (laughs) You got one coming. You didn't make a... You didn't say a word. 
Agu? That's not a word. <laughs> you want to make a movie called I Speak Gibberish for 95 Minutes? <laughs> Adam Sandler is I, speaking gibberish. Dominoes? A Dominoes? What would the movie be? $20 million of the movie nominated. <laughs> Now, for some new memorable moments, let's get back to the Adam Carolla Show. Jay Moore in studio. Hello, Ace Man. Live dates at jaymore.com. Very funny stand-up. Man, you got to see him live. And also, a stand-up special, Jay Moore Altamont, is available for streaming on Amazon, YouTube, Apple, Google Play, and wherever you find finer stand-up specials. Good to see a freshly minted Jay Moore. January 10th, I'm at the Hollywood Improv with David Spade. We're doing a Saturday Night Live alumni show. Melissa uh, Villasenor. Mm, me, yeah, Spade. she's real funny. Oh, that's yeah. a great idea. Super talented, yeah. And All right. special guest, hopefully. So, uh, oh, well, it's always a good we can eliminate name. Norm MacDonald. But well, everyone I don't else know is if a... I'll make it. I'm dead and all. Uh, <laughs> that's really put a, you know, that put a stop to my touring. Mm, yeah. The, uh, death. Yeah. Yeah. Do. Yeah. Gonna have to cancel some of the live dates. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh man. Norm. Norm. The greatest. Come on. I. I. I'm, I'm telling you, the two guys I got mistaken for the most, which is Gilbert Godfrey and Norm, both Jeez. both went like a six month period, and then. I got so tired. It's funny because people come to they, they always thought I was Norm McDonald everywhere. And at some point I was crossing the PCH in Malibu four months after he died. I had like somebody toot his horn like Norm. And I'm like, <laughs> he's dead already. Like you got at some sad. point you got to let it go. Jeez, <laughs> yeah. you know, I, I don't know. You know, it's good to be back on the Adam Carolla show. It's, uh, hey, you got a few less cars out there, right? We moved. We're clearing this place out. We're organizing. What, the H? Jay, I want to talk about you, though. I want to oh. talk about your new lease on life. I mean, feel it? You're, feel it? You, got a head, you got a head full of hair. Yes. Got a mouthful of teeth. Yeah. And you got to be down 35 pounds. 60. 60? Yeah. Okay, but let me be, let me say this for a second. I don't like it. I, I I round down because I don't I don't want to go. You got to be down fifty pounds, and they go seventeen pounds, because then it made me think you were a fat ass before, or maybe you're still fat. <laughs> oh, so so you, I round. You guess low. I go. Yeah, you know what it is. Or who are these people? But you tell me, and then we're gonna circle back. People go like you say to someone like they go, you go, oh, that's a nice sweater, and then you'll see them go. I know, I know. And guess how much? And guess how much oh, it was? Yeah, and guess yeah. how much? Don't say $6. Because <laughs> then they go, oh, it was $19. Yeah. Anyway, just go high because you know where they're going. Yeah, That's go what up. I'm saying. And I know. You know the joke? The lady walks into a packed nightclub. It's like a thousand people dancing. And the music cuts off. She goes, she's got a little tiny bird on her shoulder. She goes, can I have your attention, please? Hey, I will suck and fuck any man in this bar. That can tell me how much this little bird weighs. And the bartender goes, 14,000 pounds. She says, close enough, mister. <laughs> so down 60 pounds. 58, but, you know, by, by maybe by the time that this, this drops, I'll, uh -huh. I'll hit the big 6-0. And what's the regimen? And a head full of hair. Oh, teeth. 40, I mean, $40,000 haircut, kiddos. You look brand new. 
Uh, I was swim. I was so fat I couldn't really like do weights or any cardio because I, I probably would have had a heart attack. Uh, so I was swimming every day for about a year. Mm-hmm. That got it started, and then I transitioned to weights, and then I went to now I'm at weights and a cardio. Like I go twice a day. Mm-hmm. And is this all because of the marriage and the relationship and the influence? No, it's because I saw a picture of myself and I look like I could put my hands in my pockets naked. <laughs> 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 I made myself it's it really me and Dr. Drew were talking about this a long time ago you really only do something when you reach self-disgust Drew says that all the time you have to become disgusted with yourself which is ego right which is what makes alcoholism such a tough self-diagnosis because you got to be so disgusted that you really want to quit what you're addicted to it's mm-hmm. it's tough yeah he's always said that since I've known him that at some point what does he um, know? You have to get a sort of self-disgust. But it wasn't it wasn't the new relationship or the impending wedding or any of that stuff. That would that be no. No. I'm I'm too selfish to really lose weight for somebody else. You know, like and then it's funny, like we see old fat photos. I'll show you a picture of me on winning time. And uh, I was like fat and bald, and she'll say, uh, Jeannie will go, Yeah, I was gonna marry that guy too. Wow. And I'm like, you got rocks in your head, lady. Yeah. Boy, they really did a number on you down in crypto if you were going to marry this fat guy. Well, like I said, all those years ago, and I don't know when you and Jeannie met. About six years ago. It's only been six years? Yeah. Because I'm telling you, when I was standing out on that deck in Malibu with her watching you swim with the porpoises back when you're cruiser weight, heavyweight. And uh, she was just looking over the railing of this Malibu house, which I guess was Justin Timberlake's old house or something. And she just looked down. I said, look at Jay out there swimming. She's like, I love that man. And that was before she said it to me. Really? Yeah. She told Adam first. (laughs) (laughs) Well, her and Adam have I I know I'm a backseat to the ace. (laughs) Ace man. So now married. Yeah. And now, are you guys living, I just, oh God, what celeb? Stephen A. Smith? No. (laughs) But close. celebrity who Cameron Diaz. Okay. Almost a doppelganger for Stephen A. Smith, if you really just pictured them. Cameron Diaz said she has a separate bedroom and it just works better that way. And everyone went, I think, I think when you hear that kind of news, as a guy, your first reaction is sort of like, oh, yeah. But you have to sort of check it with your lady first before you stand up and cheer. But are you guys in separate units? We're in separate apartments, yeah. She She lives above me. Separate apartments. Yeah, Adam, it's good being me. It's really the theme of the show. I had this theory 10,000 years ago when I used to do Love Line that I have never spoken about. I'm sorry to interrupt, but is that you just got a show. haircut too, right? I got a haircut. That is some tight lettuce. <laughs> Tell me what you think of this theory. I used to have this theory. I don't think I've ever shared it on this podcast. Um, every relationship is good for X amount of hours. And it, you, you can't deny it. Like, your mom, your dad, anyone you've ever known, co-workers, old girlfriends, husbands, wives. At the end of the day, you could go, this is how many hours we had. This is the amount of hours I've known this person. But, it, but it's like, 
Jimmy and I used to sit in the same office every day. So we'd be doing 10 hours a day every day. Now I see him at Christmas. I see him for his birthday. I see him for events. But we're not using up all our hours. You know what I'm saying? So I had this theory that when you have a relationship and you're like in a small bachelor apartment and you're sleeping together on a futon, especially if someone's not employed and the other one's not employed, you're using up all your hours (laughs) at once. Yeah. When you have a little distance, you use them, but you spread them out. Mm. You spread them out. And those relationships go on for longer, not because you like each other more. You've just taken your hours. You just spread them out. I like that. I think you're spreading your hours out. So it's going to go on forever. And I, you've been sitting on that for 10,000 years. 10,000 years <laughs> I've been sitting on my hourly relationship quota. It's, uh, I, I can't imagine sharing a mattress with somebody for the rest of my life. That just seems, and I'm not, I'm all for monogamy. Mm-hmm. I'm a big believer in monogamy, and so is my libido. It's like, we just did it six weeks ago. What do you want from me? Right. <laughs> but like, just to lay next to somebody every night. All the times. It just seems ridiculously counterproductive to intimacy, to real trust, to real caring. Because, look, let's be honest. I make far too many noises as I'm laying down. to go. Something about going from standing to laying, I just become a bagpipe. <laughs> I just... Like, as soon as I lay down, it's on. Well, also, if you just took one subject, and that one subject would be temperature... Oh, yeah. I, like I cold. love a cold room. Me too. Uh, my problem with the ceiling fan, it's it's become heroin to me. I can't wean myself off of the ceiling fan. And I love that. I don't care if it's the dead of winter. I yeah. want that sip there whooshing I around. moving air. Yeah. And moving air. And I like the feeling of being toasty and having my feet sticking out under the over through the comforter and being chilled. It's a kind of a sitting in the hot tub with your one hand in a snowbank. You know what I mean? It's a kind of a, I like the contrast. Every woman I've ever slept in a bed with has always wanted it 30 degrees warmer in the room, minus the fan. My two biggest issues. She likes it warmer. She's got like a heating pad for her feet. (laughs) I swear, actually, like as my son would always say, actually, that's like the new thing kids always say. Does Sonny say that all the time? Actually not. Actually? Actually? <laughs> uh, yeah, she likes it warmer with like a heating pad for the feet. And I'm just like, I like it like 68 degrees. I agree. And I've had women go, I go, look, I like the ceiling fan. Just put some blankets on. You don't have to deal with it. And they go, my forehead gets cold. Yeah. And I go, I don't, I, I got think you could, for that. you could put a cigarette out on my forehead and I don't think I would feel it, but I don't, I mean, <laughs> I got something for that. Yeah, Who's, whose idea was this to live in separate units? She said, when we were talking about marriage, she said, you know, if we get married, we don't have to change the living arrangements. And I fought every urge to just get on my knee at that moment because <laughs> I didn't have a ring yet. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and it's, it works. It just works. Is it, it a duplex? There's three apartments in the building. She's on the top, I'm on the bottom, and there's judges between us. Oh, you have a, a buffer apartment. You have a <laughs> yeah, you have a demilitarized zone. Right. You have Checkpoint Charlie yeah. actually acting as a coaster yeah. between you two. It's the lettuce in the sandwich. Wow. Now look, 
If it's a gay couple, that's that's no. optimal. No, Charlie and Nancy. Okay. They're judges. And uh, if we can get them to move out. And they're judges. Yeah. But that's good, too. Yeah. Because if there's a dispute, right. they can bring a lot of their legal experience into that. You, If I'm ever arguing with Jeannie, you have permission to hit me in the face with a shovel. Is she just the nicest person she, there you is? You already know that. Yeah. I do know like, that. She's ridiculous. But I don't know if some people... It's all an act. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> because she's insufferable. I come from degenerates in the San Fernando Valley, and so I don't even pretend to be nice. But I feel like when you come, people know your name, and you come from royalty in yeah. Los Angeles, you have to be nice because people are constantly going to be judging. She's the nicest person I think I've ever. Well, there's Henry Winkler and Paula yes. Abdul are the mommy and daddy of the nice columns, or female and male. It's like mm-hmm. Paula Abdul. And uh, Henry Winkler, just the, you can't top that level of kindness. I didn't know Paula Abdul was that nice. Oh, it's ridiculous. Really? She's like, she's so sweet. Even as an American Idol judge, she never said anything bad about the singers. She's a real sweetheart. She's like Henry Mm -hmm. Winkler, but a woman. Mm. Like that kindness. And she's the Fonz. And um, that joke stunk. You deserve better. I'll I'll rally. (laughs) But Jeannie's like, but also what makes her like in perpetuity, and then I'm going to, is... She's so happy when you, when somebody else has success. She's mm. really great at because I'm surrounded by comics my whole upbringing. So it's like, oh great, jeez, I didn't get an audition for that. Right, yeah, yeah. Where she's like genuinely like if Julius Randall has forty for the Knicks, he was a Laker, and she'll go, did you see? Did you see Julius? Oh, right. Like she's always happy. She's all once your family, your family, and she's always fired up about you. Wow. Yeah, which Perfect. is a skill I don't have. Yeah, I, once I, you're out the door, beat it. Yeah, I, I think there's, I mean, there's a handful of people you root for because yeah. they're just uh, so good. And, you know, I, I've, I've always rooted for Jay Moore because. Yes, you have. I always said, uh, I always thought Jay's a underrated talent in the sense that I always thought you're a great actor and maybe you didn't get your, your due in that world. But I also remember very clearly when you transition from being a douche to a nice person. And I was trying to explain to some Jimmy, other comedians, Sarah. Jimmy and Sarah, I was going, oh, no, he's nice. And they were like, oh, come on, he's not nice. He's Jay Moore. He's a douche. And I'm like, I used to say that, too. But then he started to be nice. <laughs> I remember that. you were I was K-Rock. early money on the nice Jay Moore train. Yes, you were. And I'll never forget it because it actually helped me how I felt about myself, too. Really? Oh, yeah. Because... Uh, yeah, I, you were on K Rock, I think, and I came in to do your. You were on some terrestrial radio station, and we, yeah, we love were together, It was like two hours. Yeah, it was a love line. Like we just chopped it up for two hours, and I remember you saying the next time I was there that you had that conversation. You're like, no, 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 <laughs> I was with him for two hours. I would have seen the cracks. Right. Yeah. No, you. I, and I, I, yeah, I interviewed you, and I said, "What happened? You used to be a douche, and you were like, I was, and now I'm not anymore.' Yeah, I don't know what happened. It just it it, it has an expiration date. It's like um, who's uh, Richard Rohr has a book, Falling Upward, where he explains there's there's two parts of your life. There's and whatever whatever serves you in the first part of your life, you go to like there's like this halftime in your life. With me, it's like an intervention where. It comes to a head where just whatever worked for you in the first half of your life just doesn't work for you anymore, and things become a little chaotic. Mm-hmm. And then the second part of your life is just using everything that you were trying to get in that first. First part of your life is building the container. Second part of your life is now just keep putting stuff in it. Right. Because like as a comic, being so single-minded, 
like that great white shark mentality, just swim and eat, swim and eat, swim and eat. You get to, you get successful, and that doesn't work anymore. It's like you've already, you, then you just become a sore winner. Right. Yeah. So you just got to, I don't know, just it happens. And then you get demolished, and you're 50 years old at your own freaking intervention, and you're standing in line for meds with one of those little paper cups, the real itty-bitty ones that mm-hmm. only are for pills. For yes. Pills. Like, that's kind of humbling. It's like, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm ready to I'm ready to live again. Awesome. Well, couldn't have happened to a better guy. I go, come on, Ace, you're firing me up. I always felt that way. Then you get your credit, and you re- ideally you reach a part. I'm at the part where like I just don't, I just don't care. I know a lot of people say that, but you know where I'm at as far as mm-hmm. my spiritual, as far as what I just crawled out from under in my mm-hmm. personal life. You staring at my hair? No, I was looking. <laughs> I was looking at your peel. Oh, oh yeah, I got a peel Friday, but it was fine. It looks good. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, once you get once you get that humbled that you're standing in line for meds in your pajamas with a bunch of other wackos, it's uh Oh, your roommates. Your Ar- Mexican Ar- roommates. Ar- Armando. Armando. And if you didn't roll the R's, he corrected you. That's not my good morning, Armando. That's not my name, Bato. My name's Armando. <laughs> oh. I said, I, forgive me. I couldn't do it then. I, I didn't think, realize I think these you were may an be some of the guys on these in these mini bike roving gangs. Right. Ian you? Zaring took a beating, huh? Yeah. yeah. Excuse me, Ian. 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 Jeez. But he hit first. I I the the video shows him getting out of his car or whatever. It shows it is. him shoving a guy in the helmet first. Yeah. Uh, but that, that that's true. But the police report considers Ian the victim. So uh-huh. I don't know what the story is and. Uh huh. I don't know how I don't know the guy, and I don't know his level of street smarts. But if you ever get out of a car to fist fight, you have lost. Especially a group of like-minded individuals. Like maybe one guy, but eleven guys who are all wearing the same embroidery on their same denim jacket because they're the mini bike lowriders. That's a group of people you must fight. And conversely, if a guy ever, if you're not in a car and a guy goes to get out of the car to fight you, that's that's like victory. Pop, pop. Yeah. And yeah. then some chick. I, gets, I, oh, hey, no, yeah. monkey business. I love, I love the that's guy That's good kick. street smarts running to the middle of the street. <laughs> For real. <laughs> oh, man. You know what? I will say this. Ian's got some skills. Oh, yeah. He's he's evading these guys. And he's getting he's of his safety. daughter, his young daughter's in the car. Oh, his young daughter's he in the car? He left in the car? I didn't know his daughter was in the car. His daughter was in the car. What? Oh, yeah, I think Why didn't you tell me that? How old is the daughter? I think like, I forget. Like, I well, he's, he's 59. So I will say this. My man, could he could speak with his hands a little bit. Yes. I got to give him a little credit. But you don't want to fight people with a helmet on. Like, how are you going to win that fight? No, that, they do it in football all the time. <laughs> the guy like stupid. tries to bash the other guy in the head, but he's wearing headgear. Yeah. And you can't do anything about it but break your hand. How, uh, you know, like we guys like you and me would always make jokes about the athletes. The names are getting like more and more preposterous. And like, mm-hmm. you know, Key and Peel had that sketch. But there's a guy on Alabama whose name is Kool Aid. And I want nothing but blessings for him in perpetuity. <laughs> Kool Aid McKinstry. Yeah. He's really going oh, to be a Nick Saban first or second round corner. He's going to be wild. He'll never have to get a real job. Yeah. This is my son, Kool Aid. <laughs> Kool Aid. Best name I heard in football since Atari. <laughs> the uh, the greatest use of one of those names is I was listening to AM legal. You know the shows they you used know to how, do. You them. know how to party, Ace. <laughs> <I know. laughs> 
<laughs> I love AM talk radio, and I was just Me listening too. to AM talk radio where they have, like, legal on the line. We have this judge and this lawyer and whatever, and we talk about all legal things, and they're with the legal defense fund and trying to get people who've been wrongfully imprisoned. And one of the guys who was in prison had changed his name from, you know, Gerald Wilson to Cash Register. And these guys had to address him by his new name, Cash Register. And so they were like, and Mr. Uh, Cash Register was uh, incarcerated (laughs) illegally because he was accused of stealing money. Mr. Register, Mr. Cash Register. And it was like, first off, I can't think of any any of the nuts and bolts of the case because you keep calling your client cash register. Was it actual stealing money? Was that because that's a big F you to the man to <laughs> change your name to cash register if you got wrongfully imprisoned if for stealing. If you look up cash register uh, inmate uh, Los Angeles or something, something will will come up. But he gave himself the name cash register at some point. Well, you but did it too. I mean, you 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 showed out. You flexed on the middle. I I went with well, I don't want to have to tell Jeannie this, but I was telling my boy this, and my friends came over, which is his friends came over, which is I know she thinks my middle name is Lakers. That's what I thought it was. I t- I told my son, his friend came over and uh, he he called me Mister Corolla, and I said. No, that's that's my dad. I said, you call me Cash Widecock. Yeah. That's my name. That's what I call you. Yeah. Cash Lakers Widecock. <laughs> so your middle name work. is Lakers. I should be able to get into any home game, right? You, With, well, you, well, you can now, but before <laughs> that. before I should have been able to do it. I got you. It's on my license. That's badass. Yeah. I wrote it in, which just... Cash Delano Register is the guy's name. <laughs> Del- he kept Delano. Delano. <laughs> That's what it says on his screen. He's Italian. Um, he spelled cash with a K. So Does he have a YouTube channel now? Or I, is, I, is he free? Do we know what his status is? This um, is my new impression. If people on YouTube or TikTokers, they all talk the exact same way. <laughs> What is what is your relationship with Lakers now? Are you going to games, uh, all the games? You going I'm to away games? I know that. <laughs> yeah, yeah I got everybody really well. pregnant. I saw the in-season. I'm tournament. in the blocks in-season <laughs> tournament. I let all scorers. <laughs> uh, what do you mean? What's my relationship well, I mean, with like, the Lakers? Are you going, I'm a are, fan. But yeah, but are you go, like are you going to all the games now? Yeah. Or are you go away too? Are you, are you going? No, the no, no, no. But Jeannie's got to go to all the home games, right? She doesn't have to. She chooses to. All right, We're that's a better tomorrow. way. That's a better yeah. way to describe it. And uh, that, I liked the in-season tournament. I thought it was ridiculous, and mm-hmm. then as it was going on, it got me. I, I was watching was against, yeah. against the Suns. I'm like, it is December, and I have an actual knot in my stomach. Like, mm-hmm. ah. yeah. I'm like, this is a – like, why do – who cares? It's December. But they did it. They got the bag. Are you are you getting out to the ice house? Because there's a bus who now Johnny, has the ice house. My right? new brother-in-law, <laughs> yeah. Johnny Bus. Oh my god! Oh my god! You got the Lakers and a comedy club. Jesus oh, Christ! Me. I'll do. I'll do That's it. Too I just, much. It's when it's a new, like anything in life, when it's a new part of your routine, or it's just the hardest one to like kind of get into. Mm-hmm. But I'll, you know, it's Johnny's great. Johnny, he's great. Johnny always looks like somebody told him something funny a split second before you walked up to him. Yeah, we've done shows there. Sense? I've done shows there. <laughs> you know what I mean? He, yeah, he's super yeah. nice. He's always like, got it. he always like <laughs> turns to you like some. This person over here just said something really funny, and he's like, 
Hey. hey. <laughs> <laughs> He's just always like, hey. Uh, Cash Delano Register cleared after 34 years of a wrongful murder conviction at the age of 53. Should have changed his name to Bloody Knife. Yes. Cash Register. It's a real thing. Good for you, Cash. That's so, badass. Uh, for oh. you, dates, travel... Yeah, here projects. and there. I go out when I feel like it because I, you know, it's I don't want to start to hate it. Mm-hmm. I have a sponsor that makes me go on the road still. Really? Because we're self-supporting to our own contributions. Mm. I would think the sponsor would be worried about the road. No, he comes with me. Oh, well, yeah. then he's not. Then silver, he just wants silver. free food. Yeah, he does too. <laughs> Oh, you got to get Cowboy Dan in here. He is. Your sponsor? Oh, you have no idea. <laughs> I Cowboy, already love him. Cowboy hat with shorts and Kyrie's. Oh, really? Yosemite Sam Fu Manchu mustache. <laughs> wow. We were in, he's really loud. We were in Tampa Airport, you know, when you leave, first flight out, because there's nobody yeah. ahead of you. You get out quick. So it's 6 a.m. We're at the gate. You got to know this guy. He's really loud. Hey, how you doing? And everyone's like, Jesus, right. 6 a.m. And they wheel in this elderly African-American guy, and there's a lot of seats, but he's got all these handlers, and they sit him right next to Cowboy Dan. So it's elderly, black man, Cowboy Dan, and me. I'm over here. I'm writing a gratitude list, and Cowboy Dan just starts, were you in Tampa for business or pleasure? <laughs> the guy goes, business. He goes, what do you do for a living? He goes, I'm a singer. He goes, have I ever heard of you? <laughs> and the guy goes, I'm Johnny Mathis. Mm. And I just, I put wow. down my pen and I lean forward and, and Dan goes, oh, he goes, why well, you travel all over the world. He's like a little kid. <laughs> what, like, are the, what are the chances are? Chances are. He goes, you travel all over the world. Johnny Mathis goes, I do. He goes, you ever play China? Wow. He goes, I have. He goes, you ever sing in Chinese? He goes, yeah. He goes, let me hear it. <laughs> and I, I kid you not, it's 6.30 a.m., I'm two seats from Johnny no. Mathis. Hi, she fine thing. she fall chances. Wow. Johnny Mathis is singing to this cowboy, former meth head. <laughs> and then I, on the plane, I get up to go to the bathroom. And when I'm walking back to my seat, Johnny Mathis gives me like a, oh, you're the guy with that guy. <laughs> you guys, like, no, he, no that I, guy's, I'm the guy. I, you know, let's re let, we should your life? we should revisit our relationship with people that talk to strangers because I'm always against it initially, but it oftentimes turns into something that you're happy about. And I do a lot of like, leave that guy alone. He doesn't want to have to. And then That's at some me, point you go, oh, where'd you go to high school? And then you go, I went to. And then now you're talking through the other person yeah. because there's something there. You guys, this guy's magical. He Cowboy Dan. We're driving around Boston in a rental car, and he looks at me and goes, hey, are we near the history? The history. Are we near the history? Mm-hmm, in like, Boston. Come on. Here's Just like there's, a, like there's a corner where all the history happens. There's the <laughs> Cheers Bar over there. Are we near the history? Where's the history? There's Ironside parked in the moat. Right. But the best one ever is we were watching, I think it was Bridge Over the River Kwai. One of the old World War II movies has like a quarter of it is in Japanese without subtitles. Oh, really? We were watching it on the plane, and he goes, what'd you think of the movie? I go, I, I didn't like it. Half of it's in Japanese with no subtitles. He goes, didn't notice. Wow. <laughs> maybe. My man. Maybe it's Torah, Torah, Torah. It was Torah, Torah, Torah. Oh, Ow, I didn't notice. If it was Torah, 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 I should get some kind of props. 
Yeah. Fist, fist bump. I've not even seen it. I have a. Oh, we decided see, to go to the movie, so we bought movie tickets. <laughs> Everything a YouTuber does is laced in like astonishment. We wanted to make a salad, so we realized we had to go to the store and buy lettuce. <laughs> the intensity is right on. It's, too. My sister wanted to lay out in the backyard and get sun, so we went out and laid out next to her. <laughs> And then the last person to get out of the pool wins $1,000. Is it all because of the self-esteem movement? Like, is it all, they all, they're all going to tell you how to make the perfect scrambled eggs. They're all going to oh. give you some life hack thing about. Uh, it's all, apparently, everybody's been doing sit-ups wrong for, for a right, millennia. It's right. always like, don't do sit-ups like this. You will break your back. There is a right way and a wrong way. It's like, yes. bro, there's sit-ups. Yes. Chill out. And they're not broken. <laughs> What? They've like worked what? for since the Roman days. Oh, uh, whether it's comics doing crowd work on TikTok or Instagram, and people are like, you know, you could, you could spruce up your your social media. And it's like I don't, I don't think I want to be in that crew. If you were capable of filming yourself in high school with your friends, what would be on the internet right now? Because that would be it for me. Oh, like what we were doing? Oh, we would have. Well, I definitely would have died. Because I definitely would have said, of shame? I, no, I'd be like, look, I'm going to get on the top of this three-story oh, building, like, oh, yeah, and yeah, yeah. that dumpster is filled with cardboard, and it's only 18 feet away. I can make it if I get a running start. Like, I, I would have Maybe died I, doing something stupid we do that now, a million times over just because I would have went, film this shit. I'm jumping into the swimming pool from the roof of the neighboring building. Like, for sure, 100%. My buddy Josh is in the waiting room. We were at the pool a month ago, and he goes, think I can, think I can clear the, the lap rope? Like, yeah. Like, we're in chairs over here. <laughs> right. And I go, I, I think you can. Yeah, of course. Right. And he just takes a run. He cleared it. Oh. But it was it was a haul. <laughs> you know that, like, lap rope across the pool? He's like, think I can jump over that? And there's people swimming laps. He just <laughs> like, he's, 50, he's 50 years old. I think for for me would have been dying doing some sort of stunt on a BMX bike or something. Mine would have been would like, have been also a whole bunch of racial shit for sure. Oh, absolutely. And then just a whole bunch of scatological, bizarre, sort of vaguely sexual but mostly grotesque acts. Like fake commercial parodies would have been. Ah, uh, would have done a yeah, lot of because we did it on tape recorders. Yes, we we would record each other doing like fake uh, tape, fake uh, like commercials. I did a whole cassette to try to get into the Mark and Brian morning show, radio show, like homemade comedy thing with a fake radio commercial yeah. parody. We did yes. it for, it was, a, it was a toothpaste, and we did one for American Airlines. Yeah. Doing what we do best. We interrupt this program. Do you yeah. remember what it was or like yeah, it was why American it was? American Airlines. We're American Airlines. We interrupt this program. There's an American Airlines flight, blah, 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 crashed into a mountain, killing all 322 people on board. We'll be back with more after this. Doing what we do best. <laughs> Stupid. And there was one where it was like a new toothpaste and the guy goes to kiss the girl. A guy goes to kiss like his dad, like, hey, dad. And then we just took like we took the drawer out of the desk and just threw it on the ground. Pew! Stupid, like Mad Magazine. Stupid. Did you write? You want to hear? See if you can get gayer than this. Uh, in, I'll show you. In high school, yeah. I had a buddy with a huge dick, and yeah. everyone would always go, 
And don't give me this shit where the people go, how'd you even know? How'd yeah. I even know? Because I stare at his dick all the time. It's my fucking high school shoulder to shoulder yeah. laying on the floor in a sleepover. Yeah. How do you think I, come, I know? How do you think I know? I knew everyone. I bet my... I can come first. Oh, game on. <laughs> if you took my top 10 friends and said, put your dick through a piece of plywood, I could identify every single one of my friends by their dick coming poking through a piece of plywood. Easily. Well, what's raised? Nice. Uh, not as not as good as as he would like, uh-huh. but a, but a nice vein in the top. <laughs> so what's the gay part? <laughs> the gay part <laughs> is my my friend had a huge hog, and I wrote at least six parody songs about how big his dick was. Is that gay? No, I mean we had a guy with a huge hog, and the rumor was he couldn't fit it through. <laughs> he wouldn't fit through an empty uh, toilet paper roll. Oh, so interesting, like, Mason Dixon. So it was like, <laughs> <laughs> so it was like, hold on, I have one of those. So he just took like ten minutes to get all the toilet really? paper off, oh. and we handed it to him, and he's like, I gotta get hard first. And we're like, go ahead. And we're, just, <laughs> we're just standing around watching this guy on a top bunk punching his clown, <laughs> and then he bricked up. Night, it was like, whoa, and it didn't, it didn't fit. I'd make it through, but I wouldn't come out the other end. Oh, really? You? I think, well, I think I could make it out the other end. Yeah. I don't know how much I could make it out the other <laughs> like end. Like a gerbil in a habit trail? Yeah. Did you, uh, is this an old gay thing or Chris, did you know your <laughs> buddy's dicks? I didn't. Yeah, this must be an old He's gay Filipino. thing. He's Filipino. Yeah. Oh, okay. You don't do that. You're Filipino? Yeah. I am. You knew You knew all your friends' dicks? No. Oh, okay. And what, <laughs> that's the top four or five? No, none. None? No, but they knew mine. <laughs> <laughs> well, how did you conduct the toilet paper roll? A so toilet, I, knew, I knew Mike's. A toilet paper roll is five inches with an opening of an inch and three eighths. That's how you know this That's guy was I'm, the real deal, because everywhere has a toilet paper roll. It can be tested anywhere. He didn't pick some yeah. obscure object. And also, there's no European toilet roll. Right. Or, oh, that, that's metric. Come on, bro. That doesn't got... There's just one. Yeah, he had a, he had right? a fat hog on him. What is... It's impressive. Uh, see if you can find it. See if you can find... I'm going to go five inches... Well, that lets you know how old we were. That but like, like an inch five inches a, was astonishing. In, inch, well, but he had to make it in. Yeah, that that's the part he couldn't do. That's the part he couldn't right. do the by curve. inch and inch and three eighths. Mike, a, Mike Lenecki, look him up. See if yeah, he's doing inch a, if, Yeah, look him up first. <laughs> Chris is on fire today. All right, but that's the only guy who you went to high school. My dick, friend you know. said his penis is so big he cannot fit it through a toilet paper <laughs> roll. So we got a toilet paper <laughs> roll, and we're all gonna stare at his penis. <laughs> I'm a YouTuber, and everything's extreme. Whoa! <laughs> when my son's watching these extreme YouTubers with just as a, like a zombie on the couch. Yeah. So he chubbed up, Creeping. and you watched him try to put the dunce cap on? You watched him chub up. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah. What are you going to do? Hey. Yeah. Sleepovers are sleepovers. <laughs> I totally agree. Doesn't make it gay. All right, we'll take a quick break. We'll come back, we'll do some news in Dawson. You'll find out what the... Yeah, you know what makes you gay, Adam? Hey, Norm. Having sex with other guys, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, That's that's really the gay... uh, Oh, look, we have an image here of a toilet paper Four inches. Three... Two inch... uh, Four 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 and a half inch diameter. Mm. And uh, two. Two inch... I'm getting bonered up just watching this. (laughs) Yeah. 
<clears throat> wow, two inches. That's, that's hot. That's pretty that's decent size opening. All right, take a break. Come back to do the news right after this. On the Jordan Harbinger Show, you'll hear amazing stories from people that have lived them, from spies to CEOs, even an undercover agent who infiltrated the Gambino crime family. You're about to hear a preview of the Jordan Harbinger Show with Jack Garcia, who did just that. My career was 24 out of 26 years was solely dedicated working undercover. I walk in, I'm in the bar. Now there's a barmaid there, good looking young lady. She's serving me drink. Hey, what would you like? I usually, my drink was, give me a kettle, one martini, three olives, glass of water on the side. I finish the drink, the guys come in, I'm gonna go, go in my pocket, take out the big wad of money. Bam, I give her a hundred dollars. If you're with the mob, I say, hey Jordan, you're on record with us. That means we protect you. Nobody could shake you down. We could shake you down, but you're on record with us. For more on how Jack became so trusted in the highest levels of the Gambino organization, check out episode 392 of The Jordan Harbinger Show. It's time to check Adam's voicemail. Dude, I just learned that there's an actual college player named Mobility. No fucking way, man. Your shit's starting to come true, man. <laughs> the guy's name is Mobility. Oh, my God. You got to check it out. You can leave us a message at 888-634-1744. Yeah, we come up with those. Uh, the best is to me is Glendora Bevmo. That to oh. me is the best one. But we're trying to I, come I up. I saw one. It was his name was I guess he, he a cock a cock. A k o k a k o k. He must have been from a foreign land, right? Yeah, it's a repeat. Pomona. Well, no, really? No, I don't know. <laughs> a cock, like, a cock. That is strong. I wonder if he could have fit through that toilet paper Absol roll. No way. No um, way. <laughs> no. So if you know what I mean, he's a skilled. If you know what I mean. Oh, here's a ball handler. Okay, not a kid. I got you. All right, what do we got in the news? Uh, all right, well, um, so Harvard President Claudine Gay announced uh, j just announced that she is stepping down amid a firestorm of controversy at the university. A lot of it being with the whole uh, the anti-Semitism uh, um, thing in Congress. And yeah. Also, well, that's the, what got it started. And then also, yeah, and there's all the, all these new reports about her plagiarizing her papers. Yeah, she got Bill Cosby. Bill Cosby was flying under the the radar for a long time. Plagiarism, and, rape. Uh, you got some connecting to do here. I am. I will. Oh, I'll never sell he, you short. He <laughs> was doing. He was doing. He was doing what he was doing for decades, right? A lot of a lot of quaaludes and roofies and raping, right? And. You know, like like Weinstein or something. People just sort of looked the other way. And nobody said anything. It was like America's dad. And then he started basically saying, hey, black kids, pull your pants up and speak English. Uh. And he did that for a little while. And Hannibal Burris, the comedian, got pissed at him. Which, by the way, I, I agree with the cause on this. Pull your fucking pants up and speak English. You'll be... Gainfully employed. Pull up your pants when you go on the job interviews. <laughs> right. Come up with them. Remember those campaigns? Sure. And I, the, the story goes that Hannibal, the comedian, did not like him 
bashing on the black community. So he started bringing up the roofie stuff, and then we took off and ran with mm. that, and now he's where he is. She, if you got a whole laundry list of plagiarism in your rearview mirror, then go in front of Congress and fucking mind your P's and Q's, bitch. <laughs> yeah. Don't get all controversial. Jesus. Because she gets all controversial, and now everyone goes, oh, well, what else is lurking in your yeah. background that we could look? She could have easily just went, <clears throat> yep, yeah, uh, listen, everyone has the right to feel safe and uh, from the river to the sea that is a controversial and we won't kind of tolerate we won't tolerate that kind of hate speak at Harvard but she wouldn't do it I told you the reason she wouldn't do it is because she was being a Republican female was trying to bully a progressive female and she was like fuck you bitch I'm going to disagree with everything you said if you don't believe me all three of the females, progressive females who are getting questioned, all did the exact same defensive posture. They wouldn't agree with her. If she said the sky was blue, they would have disagreed with her. If she if she said water was wet, they would have disagreed with her just because they didn't like being pushed around by the Republican female. And they all pushed back reflexively. They didn't even think out their answers. When you watch, she kept saying, so are you going to tell me that this is not hate speech? I'm going to tell you we have a wide diversity of speech. Everything out of their mouth was fuck off, bitch. But they were being filmed, and they look like idiots, and that's what happened. But all that was is it's not that they feel that way about Jews or Palestinians. It's women are women first, and their college, their college presidents second. And all those women went into women mode, which is this bitch is not going to put words in my mouth. And that's what all of them did. If you watch the whole thing, they're like, oh, Republican bitch, what do you want me to say? Because I'm not going to say it. And they're like, just can you you can't then condemn anti-Semitism. Well, it's a lot of different kinds of anti-Semitism. And it's like they just they could have just went. Yes. And like they could have went. Of course, I condemn it. Number one, but they wouldn't do it. Number one, the groundlings. Not only that, but I have Jewish friends. It's like uh, it's like Ice T says, freedom of speech. You know, just watch what you say. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) and that's what just happened. And she just got Bill Cosby because she had a bunch of shit Mm. that no one would ever look into. But she had to drag her ass up there and be a defiant bitch. And then all the other people went, "Well, what else has she been up to?" And we found a treasure trove of her misdeeds. Right. You that's why at, like, she's out. You know when you're at a wedding and there's that guy that's way too drunk and when he talks, he's too close to your face. He's like, let me, let me, let me tell you something about it. And you just, you just know nothing of merit is happening. I can just completely disengage. That's how I feel about literally every single political discussion that these people have. Mm. It's not, too much. not you. Just mm. any any debate, any discussion, because it's here is my point A, and then the comments are like B, yeah, right. and then people log on after that. No A, <laughs> yeah. and the, the Bs are never going to get with the As, and the As are never going to concede. It's just have fun. I'll be dead by the time the country goes full in ruin. We'll run out of water about two hundred years from now. Yeah. Everybody, everybody, have at it. That has to be why you look so good. 
Yeah, not worried. It might be. You know, I don't. I was like, why would I? Like, what vote could I possibly cast in any election? Unless it's like a guy I grew up with who I know. Like, if you ran, like, you're my man. If you're if you're going for like city comptroller, I'm rolling up. Yeah, I'm beating the drum all day for the ace because you're my guy. It's the lack of political. But what about he did this? This like, like I don't know. He's my guy. I'm just standing by my guy. What do you What do you want me to tell you? It's the lack. Of political stress and the fact that Jeannie makes him sleep in a hyperbaric chamber. Yeah. Those are the two things. <laughs> I do seem to be aging backwards, I've been told. Him going Benjamin Button on. No, us. you know what the breaking point for me was? Like, I'm a Jersey guy, and Chris Christie's my guy. Mm-hmm. I love Chris Christie. Took on the teachers' union, took, took on all these unions that mm-hmm. are career suicide, and he pulled it off. And it's like, I love him. I love Chris Christie. And when they asked at the debate, if President Trump is, is, I, I'm paraphrasing, so save your whatever's tweets. Or I'm not on Twitter, so I don't even know why I said that. If, if if President Trump is actually indicted and found guilty, will you still support him for the and the Vivek guy? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He just raises his shot up, and then it just went down the line. And then at the very end, you see Chris Christie starts to vibrate like he's breaking the sound barrier, <laughs> and the panels are coming up the space yeah. shuttle, and he just goes bow, and the hand went up, and I went, I'm out. Uh, yeah, I'm out. Like of all the guys. Yeah. Like you were my last hope, a fat guy from New Jersey, <laughs> the guy that closed the beaches and then took his family on the beaches, which makes yeah. me love him. Yes. Like, what's the point of being governor if I can't clear a beach to have my family on it and just sit overflowing in lawn chairs like a beached whale? Yeah. You or know, like Bridgegate. He, uh, he took, he redirected <laughs> traffic on the George Washington Bridge to take an exit into a small town by the bridge to ruin traffic patterns because that guy opposed him. What's what's the point of being governor if I can't move some cones around to make right. my buddies laugh? I like him because he's a fat guy who would order a novelty scoop of ice cream mm. and then just walk up and down the boardwalk with yeah. it. Like most fat people will eat a salad in public and then they go back to their apartment, shut the lights, right. and they start, start eating the pizza, right? He, he, this is part of his look. And he holds the ice cream oh. like a nine-year-old holds an ice cream it, cone yeah. and he's Chris, just walking up and down and yeah, people Chris, arguing you know, with people. When his hand went up, I just went, what am I doing? Like, why do I have any vested interest like, that's, I can't do conspiracies. I've just tapped out of any of that conspiracy people. I did the bit at your at the last improv show, like, people that believe in Bigfoot, like, be smarter. Like, every square inch of Earth is on camera. I've watched, I've watched a male seahorse in the Marianas Trench with a lantern on his head, a male, give birth to babies because the yeah. male seahorse can't. You can't show me an 11-foot German Shepherd walking right. around on his hind legs, right. knocking over garbage cans. Like, get, give me a break. Yeah. <laughs> ah, there's a ring doorbell everywhere. We would have seen right. Sasquatch by now. And it's one footage. Some guy in a suit walking, looking over his shoulder. Are you getting it? From, Are you getting it? From 1973. Oh, give me a the earth is flat. No, it's not. If the earth was flat, somebody would have fallen off of it. When we're, we would have heard, ah, yeah. once. Yes. Like, I just, I've just completely tapped out. I agree. Especially uh, with the flat earthers. Yeah. All right, I'll what else? I'll tell you the next story I, I, I wanted to bring up. So we interviewed Ileana Douglas. The best. Yeah, like, what, two months ago or something? And, uh, she's fun. Yeah, she's a she good loves you, by the way. I mean, yeah, I she love her. such great mm-hmm. things. And you guys are working at Pitch Perfect, but she said that you were unfairly treated so she kind of took uh yeah it was pretty nuts yeah what happened uh jennifer aniston made me cry 
What I, movie was this? Picture Perfect. Oh, she picture just perfect. she didn't want. Oh, me I for thought you movie. said Pitch Perfect. Oh, sorry. Right. Picture maybe Perfect. Maybe you did. Maybe I, I did. Know. I don't know. Yeah, uh, Picture Perfect. Six guys, I think, tested for it, and I was like the dark horse. And, and you're supposed to play her like romantic interest, Jennifer. Yeah. Okay. And um, you know, like the the director Glenn Gordon Karen, who created Moonlighting, he really went to bat for me. He saw mm-hmm. us as like the Bruce Willis and like Sybil Shepherd, like mm-hmm. that chemistry. Mm-hmm. But it was like John Stewart, Billy Baldwin, uh-huh. Tate Donovan, who was her uh-huh. actual boyfriend at the time. So there's uh-huh. all these guys screen tested. And uh, the first day, I haven't told this story in a while because I kind of let it go, but since Chris teed it up, <laughs> the first day of rehearsal at Silver Cup Studios in Queens, it's me uh, and Ileana Douglas are on the soundstage. And then the doors open. You know, it's dark in there. And the door opens. It's like a Tarantino movie. It's like mm-hmm. pitch white out. And you just hear her high heels click, <laughs> click, click. And as she's coming, six guys they screen test. The one guy I don't want, that's who they hire. Oh, and wow. she just keeps walking to her dressing room. And Ileana goes, you're going to have a great summer. Wow. <laughs> she said it to you. Well, yeah, to, I guess to Ileana. Mm-hmm. But who cares? To Jay, like within earshot. Who yeah. cares? Yeah. And... Was it miserable? It was until Glenn Gordon, Karen, and I, like we would do like slow dancing scenes, and there was a table of people like Kevin Dunn and Faith Prince, like Broadway royalty, and these other actors, and we'd be done with the scene. And she, I remember one take, she goes, "See, see what I mean?" Wow! <laughs> I was like, "Jesus!" There's some mind games. And then me and Glenn Gordon, Karen started button heads. This is my second movie. Let's let you know what a maniac I was. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about a guy that was a douchebag. Me. And we butted heads, and then he like grabbed me, and I'm like, if you if you ever grab me again, you can fire me right fucking now. I'm I'm gonna something to the effect like I'm gonna knock you out. And he goes, he's like a big guy, and he's I think he's like a diabetic. He always had like the the white like cakey crust and, and the you know like the people always look thirsty in the corner. Mm-hmm. And he's like, come here. And we went in the bathroom of the I think it was the Essex House Hotel. And he slams the door open. Some guy's at the urinal. He goes, get out! And the guy leaves and he goes, I went to bat for you. I stood on my head to get you this movie. And I was like, and I just, and glaring, he was just so right in that moment. And Mm -hmm. I said, you're right. And I'm sorry. (laughs) And he goes, come here. And we hugged. And then from that moment on, I had a ball because that's when she started to crack and shit talk him to me. Mm. And I got to just do the power no, I think he's great. Wow. <laughs> like, if she caught me four hours earlier, I would have been like, I know, right? right? Yeah. Wow. But I was like, no, I think he's a great director. It's fun. How'd the movie come out? I like it. It's a good movie. What do we think it is at Rotten Tomatoes score? I'm going to guess 68. 68 with the critics. And I'll owe you one. What about the people? <laughs> what do I know from Rotten Tomatoes? Who cares? That's right. Oh, I saw Willy Wonka on New Year's Eve. I saw it, too. Best movie I saw in the last two years. Really? Yeah, it's good. I was beaming for two hours. Like, I was so happy for two hours. You? Enough said. I, I'm going to uh, watch it then. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. I didn't react I that loved it. And then when my man Hugh Grant comes out, it's the Oompa Loompa. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm already having a ball. Yeah. <laughs> and my man comes out and starts doing the Hoopa Loompa dance. Right. Yeah. And he goes, no, don't do that. He goes, bup, bup, I've already started. Once we've started, we can't stop. <laughs> yeah. Oompa. Oh, it was on, dude. It was good. It was great. Kiss yeah. my ass. You're an old no, angry you're right. guy. Yeah. No, you're, it was very good. I'm bummed Winning it. Time got canceled because I was so excited to see you um, as a, was it Kareem's agent? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I had a good time. Jim Hacked, our boy. Who? Aren't you friends with Jim Hacked? 
Oh, no way! I thought you guys were buddies, yeah. Chris. I'm gonna I was pull pumped to see you in Air and then Winning Time. I'm like, oh, you yeah. need to get all the basketball what, movies. What is it I'm with <laughs> all these great series that go two or three seasons and they just pull the plug? I, I, there's, I there's an algorithm. Yeah, I you know. Oh, That's no. one year ago. Wow! Look at you. That's wow, a different guy. Unreal. Yeah. That's, Big. that's after hair and makeup too. <clears throat> wow! Or hair should be in quotes. Um. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what the algorithm is, but I, I, from what I heard, it was just a super expensive show. But I mean, Jesus, I mean, there's some shows that are just. It was so good, like the Euphoria's, and what was that one? The Weekend did that was like so bad. It wasn't um, even oh, bad where it was weekend, good. Yeah. It was so bad, like I can't. This is hurting my feelings. Yeah, right. he did his weird debaucherous and Johnny Depp's show. daughter. Yeah, yeah, I'm like they were in a band. It's my or daughter. Something. She's on the show. Yeah, <laughs> oh, that was Eddie Vedder. I thought it was. Um, all right, what do we have? The news. Oh, uh, the news. You want Rotten Tomatoes? Okay. You, well, oh yeah, what you is the Rotten Tomatoes? You want to look up something else? You can on put your picture perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa! Oh. Hey now. <clears throat> Forty-seven with the critics, thirty-seven with the audience. Yeah. All right. What are you gonna do? Yeah. What are you gonna do? All right, what so else? you always say Adam, that the uh, the billionaires like Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos, when they go out into space and try to look f- look for uh, to create a new civilization out there, that they know something, right? That there's well, I'll bounce it off at of Jay, but you're giving them too much credit. It's just I, a straight ego shot. Well, they don't know anything. Uh, there's on, no Illuminati. There, if there was Illuminati, <laughs> I would have been in it by now. Listen, so would you. I would. I, you're right. What they're looking for in an Illuminati? Yes, land. all the yeah. new books I'd and all your success. I slum it with the QAnon guys instead. <laughs> oh yeah, but the call me. I started noticing that the richest guys in the world were trying to get off the planet, so I took that as worrisome. Now, now, I listened to the first hour of your show. You obviously want to get off the planet. Now, they're trying to, now they're all building bunkers. You've been that's, screaming that's about Gavin Newsom me. for four years. Wouldn't you love to just elevate? I would, but now I'm going subterranean. I couldn't do that. It scares me that they're either trying to go to outer space or they're burrowing into the well, earth. This brings me to my story yes. here. So Mark Zuckerberg and his Ooh. wife, they, yes. um, they plan to build a 5,000 square foot underground shelter on the Hawaii ranch with its own energy and food supplies. The only thing we know is that the shelter's door will be made out of metal and filled with concrete. And it's going to be a part of their 1,400-acre compound. I know a guy that can get through that metal door, and his name is Akak Akak. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> All right. I'm Wait, just saying. Why? Rich people are building bunkers. Yeah, that's in Hawaii. Not a, that's not a good sign. There's guys been doing that in Tennessee and Kentucky for the last millennia. Yeah, but they dig it. They dig them themselves, and right. they're just you know filled. They're not. How about bu- all, bunkers? Like how these about are. all the like the conspiracy things that were like Oprah made the Hawaii fire start with they did it with lasers from space. Yeah, the Jews. It's like what are we doing? <laughs> I don't know, but I'm buying in to bunkers in outer space with rich people. Right. So, in th- this right. ranch, by the way, you got to hear about this. So, it's, uh, as I said, 1,400 acres, a uh, dozen buildings, oh, over a dozen buildings with that. Underground? Least, no, no, this is just his, his property above Jesus. ground, and there's going to be a bunker what under. Is he an ant? So, there's going to be a, over a dozen buildings with at least 30 bedrooms and 30 bathrooms, two standalone mansions. Let me ask you this that's what he's going to have underground. No, no, this is, uh, this is above ground. Well, we want to know what's underground. 5,000 square foot and a door filled with concrete. Yeah. Oh, that was the front. I wasn't with that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let me I'm ask you guys my next this. next joke because I'm all I think about. Who 
is really walking the walk in the department. Like you see all these memes all the time. Like you'll have, it's like there's tape of Obama going, look, you know, from 10 years ago, like uh, President Obama, like, look, hey, rich people, pay your pay more tax. Like at a certain point, you got enough. You got enough. What wanna, do you need you more for? Know who's walking the walk? Ed Begley Jr. Ed Begley fucking <laughs> that Jr. That guy That's right. pedals a bike to make a fucking <laughs> pot of coffee every morning. <laughs> Not a, Ed Begley don't give a fuck. I've been, have you been to his house? No. I've been to his house. <laughs> well, what I'm, what I'm saying is like someone will put a tweet out and they'll go, Al Gore, here's his 10,000 square foot home. Do you see any solar panels on the roof? Mm. Like, no. Everybody... All the fucking rich people who are doing nothing but preaching to us about how we need to live our life or we need to use paper straws or we can't do this. They all fly private. They'll have multiple homes. You know, Michael Moore with his fucking bullshit about, oh, I'm just a poor, you know, out of work lesbian trucker (laughs) here. Don't no one pay any attention to me. You're worth $50 million. All the people doing all the talk about if people just give a little more, we could lift people out. They're all working on their 15th home. Yeah. They're all of them are fucking hypocrites. Is there any of them who just get fucking filthy rich and go, I'm staying in my apartment in Venice Beach, California? Mitch like, McConnell. But no, Ed Begley Jr. Out. Ed Begley Jr. walks the walk. I've literally. What is this house like? I have. It's not a. When you go to the bathroom, it's probably not like jiggle the handle. It's like, no, you are the handle. <laughs> like, <laughs> open up your pockets, put your dump in there, take it outside, put it on the mulch pile. There's a big sign that I says... I feel like we were wrestling to get mulch. Who was going to say mulch first? <laughs> or compost? There's a big sign in the bathroom that says, if it's yellow, let it mellow. If it's brown, flush it flush down. Flush it down, baby. Yeah. And flush with a friend. Right? No. Here's what mm-hmm. his house is. His house has a cistern, which is like a buried... Think about a medium-sized submarine buried in his backyard just to collect all runoff rainwater, all all gray water. His washing machine has like a diverter handle that you have to turn so they can use gray water, like collected water from the cistern, like in that. But the other thing you'll learn, too, about this is L.A. and California are at the They have two competing thoughts. One is, is we want to be the tip of the spear of all conservation and all reusable and all solar and all water capture and everything. That's one thought they have, which is noble. The other thought they have is we are definitely the most regulated city on the planet. We have 2000 rules for everybody. So they go like, well, we want you to collect the water to use to irrigate your plants, but we won't let you use that runoff water to irrigate your plants and and solar, everything else. I've been through Bill Maher. Try to get solar at his house. Took him three fucking years. Like that's L.A. is we want you to do the right thing, but we're also going to prevent you from doing the right thing because we can't stop making regulations. Yeah, that that's sort of L.A. in a nutshell. His house. First off, very well put. When 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 Ed Bagley Jr. When you invite him to do this podcast and he lives in Studio City, which is not around the corner, he shows up on his bicycle. I mean, he yeah. rides the same bike he used to make Pant that pot of Sanka. Tucked into the sock. Yeah. Uh. He comes, he shows up on his bicycle. Mother. 
He shows up on his bicycle. His home has the collection of the water and the irrigation and the storage tanks and the triple glazed windows with the argon gas and the R30 insulation blown cellulose into every bay. Of I used to be a builder, so yeah, totally. I understand. No, me and Chris he, he's like, got yeah, it all. His wife is not down. By the way, his wife does the same shit every woman you've ever known has done, which is like they'll turn the curling iron on in the bedroom and the bathroom and then and then go shopping or something. And then you'll go, the curling iron's heating up. They go, I know I'm preheating it. You go like, it's been an hour and 20 minutes. What are you, what are you doing? They go, just leave it alone. She does it, you know, she'll do the move where she turns the shower on, puts it on hot to get it warm, and then goes and makes a phone call. And he goes nuts because like, why are you in this <laughs> fucking shower? Like... She is not down. I mean, she's she's like uh, the president of Harvard. She's a woman first and the president of Harvard second. <laughs> but it works. She's a she's woman a, first a and Ed Bagley yeah. Jr.'s wife second. You know what I mean? Like she doesn't want to do all the crazy collections wow. of water. In it. I couldn't live like that. He's a delight. You couldn't. Uh, he's I the could. Best. He played uh, my almost. He played Paula Marshall's new boyfriend on the my sitcom Gary Unmarried. Oh, right. Yeah. You couldn't live with Ed Bagley? Because I could. You could do all that stuff? Absolutely. Bro, I leave my shower on. It just When I go in there, it's like a steam room. I yeah. hate what... <laughs> I go in when it's not running and just turn it on and it hits me cold. Well, <laughs> I do that when I work out, but... Are Ed, you like a conservation guy now? I don't... I hate waste. I'm not a conservation conservation guy i just got back from new york guess who brought a doggy bag chinese food oh on the plane oh yeah yeah i can see that in my backpack oh, i've seen well, i don't like wasting food i bought indian food from new york too Jesus. <laughs> how many bags before. did you have <laughs> i had to check the indian no <laughs> the dog sniffed it out <laughs> so who what's the answer to that question is there any politician that really walks no, or the walk. just rich. I, I, you know, Oprah, the Obamas, you know, Jay Z and Beyonce, or whatever. They're always talking about giving back. They're always up. They live in a two hundred million dollar house. But in, they still give back. Like they still cut. Yeah, million dollar. I'm fine. But like when Obama's like, well, at some point you have enough money. Yeah, he's got four houses. They're all worth ten million dollars. Like give it back, or or tithe it, or something. Mm. I mean, I'm just thinking. Like you know, maybe the guy. Who is the guy that used to run Paramount Facebook? Oh shit. Zuckerberg? Not Zuckerberg. Not Zuckerberg. Oh god. Who is the guy who dropped out who was the crazy life hack tech guru oh, Sean, with, was with the nose earring? Not Sean. Shit. Let's see. There's, Jane Child. There's 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 Facebook, there's MySpace, Twitter, and then my, my oh, Jack, Jack, Jack Dorsey. Yeah, Jack Dorsey may be in the rainforest right now, like blowing a, a bong load or something. Like Jack, Teddy Roosevelt was about it, but he's yeah. been dead for a hundred years. Jack Dorsey may be that guy. Mm -hmm. I don't know, but the, everyone else just goes fuck. We're getting a compound. Yeah, right. And yeah. But, but by the way, I would do it too. I'm yeah. not. Oh, I'm totally. not judging. I just don't preach. Well, I don't live, preach about place, car right? carbon capture and then fly private. I'm just happy to fly private. Yeah. My man. You're yeah. in Malibu too, right? Yeah. So Malibu, it's like when I lived there, I learned everybody in Malibu, it's like 
oh, you can't, you can't build here. The land's precious. And then you get a house in Malibu and you're like, kiss my fucking ass. I need a pool. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. But anybody else that wants to bring in like a steamroller, it's like, whoa, hey. Right. You can't. So it's, yeah. But you nailed it. Like California. But you know why California's like that is about like the, all the rules regulated all to the wazoo is because it was such a late settlement. <laughs> I'm boring myself. That you know, the uh, Rockefellers in New York and the Dailies in Chicago, or mm-hmm. you know, it's like we can't have it be like that with all the power with one entity. Mm-hmm. So they just started branching out and having it subcommittee, subcommittee. But they just never stop. They never stop. They never like Genie. Wait, if you want like a concert at crypto, like there's a whole thing with like the crypto. You got to go to Hollywood Bowl. You got to go against the the sports arena, the Coliseum, the Rose Bowl. This place, that place, and then there's like the wave. The Heisman committee comes in, and so you can't even get a Bruno Mars concert in without having two weeks of round and round. It's right. I yeah. tell you, it's oh, crazy. I could, oh, I could imagine what she's got to go through to get Bruno in there, or Bruno. The, or the aforementioned weekend. The weekend. Yeah. Oh man, we wanted to see the weekend, but we didn't have tickets, so we decided to go online and try to buy them. <laughs> That's that is the voice, right? Yeah, that's totally it. And I'm, I'm, I'd watch that any day. So you know, it's funny when I started these. that. Chris just looked at me like, "What? Oh, he's doing no, that he's, bit again." He's gripping. I don't know. I'm, I'm just mesmerized. If anything. All right. A funny note to go out on. I should uh, say that one of our sponsors for our Christmas party, party, I should say, completelypickled.com, and you can go there for great pickles, man. I yeah. fucking love Ooh. pickles. Pickled onions too. Pineapple, pickled everything. Spicy yeah, dill it's good. Awesome. It's keto once, once strong pickle, too. You, you can never yeah. go back to being a cucumber. No sugar, no preservatives. <laughs> yeah, you can go uh, use the code Corolla ten in all caps and get ten percent off. But a good company, a great, a so great. What was in the product. middle? Pineapples? How yeah. do you pickle pineapples? Yeah. We have some in the fridge. It, it works. Pineapples are already kind of pickled. No, it's great. Wow, um, that looks good. Jmore.com is where you go, and the special Jmore Altamont is where you go if you want to see a great. Stand-up special. I'm going to be in Phoenix, Arizona this Friday and Saturday night at uh, Copper Blues. And one of those shows is sold out, but I can't remember which one. But there's some tickets for the uh, other shows. That'll be this Friday, Saturday. And then Solana Beach, belly up, doing a live show there. It's a fun club. That place like a music club. Uh, that'll be Sunday, two shows there with Fitz Dog and Jody Miller. You just go to AdamCurl.com for all the live shows. Until next time, it's Adam Curl for Jay Moore and Chris Maxipata saying mahalo. And you can leave us a voicemail at 888-634-1744. And you can get your tickets to see the Ace Man in Phoenix this weekend at AdamCarolla.com. Hold on to your jingle bells. Pluto TV has all your holiday favorites for free. Enjoy Christmas classics like Scrooge with Bill Murray or Last Holiday with Queen Latifah. Plus, dive into festive channels like holiday movie favorites by Lifetime or Hallmark Movies and more. Download the Pluto TV app on all your favorite devices and start streaming holiday favorites on live channels and on demand. With thousands of free movies and TV shows, Pluto TV is your home for the holidays. Pluto TV. Stream now. Pay never. Hold on to your jingle bells. Pluto TV has all your holiday favorites for free. 
Enjoy our season's greetings category with nine holiday channels, including holiday movie favorites by Lifetime, Festive Fireplace, Holiday Lights, and Hallmark Movies and more. Download the Pluto TV app on all your favorite devices and start streaming holiday favorites on live channels and on demand. With thousands of free movies and TV shows, Pluto TV is your home for the holidays. Pluto TV. Stream now. Pay never.